Hi, this is Rich Buckler. You're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. That's the signal. The horses are off. Yes. Yes. Oh, that's a little. That's a very. Hey, that's like that Jack Nicholson. Very disturbing. Did you see Vince? Did you see the little the little girl with the grinning gift on? I know. That's that's too bad. It's fucked up. You know how many times I've used that gift? Yep. yep. It feels wrong to use it now. Well, I think no, it's not wrong. I think you're. If, if she was cool with it. Which it doesn't really matter if she was cool with it or not, because that is what she stands for now. I mean, that's her thing. I think she was cool with it, from what I understand. Yeah. Just, so I mean, you're she, prepared. Like, I thought it was cool to like, yeah. Look, I, yeah, it's true. Yeah, the way I I look at it, any any chance you have of of perpetuating your existence, take it, right? Because uh, we are by nature impermanent. So uh, nothing we do is ever de- designed to uh, keep going. Specks of sand in the cosmic tapestry. That's right. That's right. And hey, you know that's us. That is we. <laughs> because we are 11 O'Clock Comics, and this is episode 795. I call myself Vince B. That's what I call you. That's, that's Right? It's amazing. And David A. Price. Mm-hmm. I believe that is also what we call you, if I can verify. And I, of course, am Mikhail Yuryakovich Ursus, but you all call me Ursa Major. Wow, that's a long one. I'm just going to go with Ursa Major on this. You're not Ursa Major. You're Jason Wood, everybody. It's going to be a good old-fashioned, just let our hair down, what's left of it, episode. We're just going to kick back. between the three of us. (laughs) Yeah. Unless you look on our backs. Kick back, talk about the comics, and have a grand old time. And the people, the wonderful people that make this possible for you, the listener, the patrons, that's right, are f- people that uh, signed up for patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics. I always say I'm going to s- not say the forward slash, and I always say it. Habits die hard. But go to patreon.com slash 11 o'clock comics, one, one, no apostrophe. Take a look around. There's a whole lot of shaking going on. Audio. I just released the patron extra episode for last month which was three hours like that's that's pretty neat that you get three extra hours of audio a month but that's not it you get video you get polls you get text you get other audio bits um images images are plenty like we're, we're bursting at the seams with images pages covers oh it's amazing i think it is but the best part of all is the dedicated slack channel i will go to my grave Waving that flag for the dedicated Slack channel because everyone, a big old hunk and 11 o'clock comics family, gathers every day and we talk about stuff. Doesn't necessarily have to be comics. It usually is more often than not. Comics, toys, movies, TV, problems, relationship stuff, weight stuff, physical stuff. Like, it's awesome. Just take a look around. If you'd like to dip your toe in the water, we would love to have you. Patreon.com slash 11 o'clock comics. We love them. Yes. We do. Yes. Well, it's been a hell of a week so far. So I thought I would make one of my favorite people in the world happy. 
and get some wine for this episode. And I did. Stopped at the shop. I got myself a 19 Crimes. This one is called, I believe I've had this before, The Uprising. You have. Yes, which is a, it's a red wine aged 30 days in rum barrels. I know it's it's not, you know, I don't have to reach deep into my pockets for the 19 crimes, mm-hmm. but I think it's a good wine. It's very tasty. that's t- ultimately all that matters. Right. It's very tasty. It doesn't have a rating on the bottle like last week. <laughs> no, it does not. <laughs> no, but Jason, I had a 92 last week. I know. You did all grown up. And I'm thinking you would smile upon that. 92 is mm-hmm. pretty good. Not bad. There's there's not one on this. But I don't care. You know me. I don't really give a, a hooty tootie. It tastes really yeah. good. Well, the important thing about wine is just that you, that you, the drinker, like it. It doesn't matter if it's $3 right. Ripple or, you know, uh, you know $20,000 bottle of, uh, you know, Chateau Lafitte. Like, it's it's whatever. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm saying whatever, whatever, whatever right. you, your right. palate needs to be happy. If I, ever ordered, if I ever ordered a $20,000 bottle of wine, it better be brought to my table by Kate Upton. Because that's the only way I'm paying that kind of price. I'm sure I told you the story, but uh, one of the guys that used to work for us, you know, the one that stole the money from us? Yeah. Well, in the early courtship, when we were first getting to know him, he he turned 30 and uh, invited my CEO and I and our wives to uh, this big 30th bash of his, right? And uh, he had made – this guy who had ended up working with us before we had to fire him had made his, his, his nut in life starting a, a wine startup um, and had cashed out of that. So he was a wine expert. So anyways, we, we, we go to this uh, we go to this this weekend. It was a weekend. He rented a giant house and stuff. And uh, I and all he, most of his crew were like these big time wineys, like like like, you know, like like super, super expensive wine drinkers. And uh, I, I, I probably told you this before, but like during the during the weekend, um, one of the dudes opened up a bottle of wine that was like $38,000 <laughs> and I was like, and, and gave me a glass and I was like, was it good? It, it was transcendently good, but it's like, you can only be so good, right? Like, yeah. like you get to a point where you no longer, it's still not worth it. Like, because right, like right. it was, you know, certainly one of the, if not the best glass of wine I've ever had, but to what end though right like yeah, like yeah. like it, like it's ridiculous and you know for them they were like genuflecting about it and it was like you know it was straight out of a like straight out of like a serious <laughs> you know talking about the body and the kids oh and, please step on my well, face listen, and and my yeah. thing is is if you're going to be drinking five figure bottles of wine you better like then you probably should have that level of knowledge about wine right because otherwise what's the point i guess but, yeah but like beth and i were just like Shit is damn good. <laughs> God <Yep>. damn. <laughs> and I should mention, uh, he opened it because it was uh, it was from the wine is. I guess I'm, I forget the details now because you know it was it was interesting at the time, but I, I didn't it didn't retain it. But they he of course as they were opening it and serving it to us, he proceeded to explain how it was like one of the best bottles ever made, and it was from 1974, which of course is my birth year and it was the birth year of several other people there, and that was like the whole thing like this is your prize birth year and it's and that's one of the best vintages ever of this wine, and so like that was the whole premise behind it, and I'm like well 
I, and I, you know, look, I mean, I didn't pay for it, so it was great. It was a great experience, but man, oh man, like, you know, I really do think for that, for 95% of people who drink wine regularly, like once you get to like a hundred dollar bottle, you're kind of tapped out. Yeah. Like in terms of, of really noticing the difference, I think. Moral of that story is you and I travel in very, very different circles. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, we we travel in the same circle. It's just that sometimes our our when we're not together, we travel in slightly different circles. Okay, so there you go. Sometimes nineteen crimes. Nice. Uh, see, what are you drinking, Jason? <laughs> well, I love Dap too, but I'm not drinking wine because <laughs> well, uh, obviously you don't love them as much as I do. Well, no, no. It's it is my lovely bride's birthday uh, on Saturday, so we have uh, a nice dinner planned, and then we're going to a She's she's because it's her birthday. I'm going to a neighborhood party that uh, oh, you know, yeah, I can't get out of because it's her birthday. So point is, I'm going to be having some alcohol this weekend. So I, yeah, you I, think I, you're going to need it? Yeah, I can't justify it uh, this evening. But I'm drinking uh, my favorite flavor of Gatorade Zero, uh, which is a <laughs> glacier, glacier cherry. <laughs> okay. Would have roughly the same wine enthusiast rating as as 19 crimes i would i would imagine oh, that's hurtful yeah. that really that is. is that is that is hurtful <laughs> but factual yeah there's, there's 19 whole crimes in what you just said so dap what do you have there? um i too am having wine um i found this at the uh store the other night during my travels um, it's for 2020. It's Cabernet Sauvignon from California, and the name is funny, which is why I, I decided to give it a shot. Um, because it reminds me of of, of uh, an episode of Friends. But the name of the bottle, the name of the wine, is Butternut Cabernet Sauvignon from <laughs> nice. California. Like I said, it is. Uh, <laughs> yes. It is, and I, so I, I cracked it open, and um, it is. It's. It's weird. I kind of want to say it, it's not sharp like it. It's offensive or anything, but it actually it does have a nice little um, bite to it at the end. It does. It's not sweet, thankfully. It's 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 a little on the darker side, but it is. It's it's a really good cab. I'm I'm happy to go. say. So yeah, excellent, excellent. All right, let's get to the business, the stuff, the reason why we gather each week. Um, this week is a little different um, because we uh, had to bid adieu to one of the uh, absolute titans of the, the comics medium. Uh, Neil Adams has passed on. Indeed. And yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a hard hard pill to swallow. Because if you guys remember... Um, it hasn't been that long since we've been in proximity to this man. Because mm-hmm. as Dapana and I believe Jason too, as we were walking into the last New York Comic Con, who was in front of us? Neil Adams. We were going through the, the, the baggage check the same That's time. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Um, and he was all bitchy and, and pissing and moaning about something and, and not too... Probably st- had to go through the metal detectors like yeah, a... Yeah, yeah. Not too steady on his feet, but it was Neil Adams. And I'm like, that 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 has... It's the one of the things that I could say, 
most of the conventions we've attended have featured Neil Adams in some capacity. Oh, yeah, he, he was a, a regular con attendee. Yeah, yeah. Whether you had to, um, how many steps before the king, because he had this goofy booth system where oh my God. you would... Like three <laughs> tables deep. It's yeah. just like, dude. And it was like, may I enter, Mr. Adams? Yes, you may. But, I mean... You would exchange, you would pay for anything. He'd have, like, those little grabber sticks, because there was no way you were going to be able to, to, to actually reach out to him to pay for whatever you're you're purchasing from his table but yeah it was um it was a sight and and it, i'm just glad that i was able to thank him uh i think the last time we were at heroes um it's exactly yeah, when we he did it booth set up at the at the end of the aisle and um and and i thanked him and uh as neil being neil uh even though i pretty much owned everything that he had on display, um, he he was still hucking away and and uh, offered me everything on the table, you know, at that yeah retail yeah. price. But still, you know, well, go ahead, buy it again. It's like, dude, I just I just want to yeah. thank you for everything. You've that's done what he me. said. He said, "Why don't you thank me by buying something?" Yes, and that's exactly what he said. See, that's the thing with Neil. I mean, I, I'm of I'm of two minds. Um, y- one can't downplay his importance to the comic medium sure. right i mean just a, a titanic talent of uh, the man was a superb draftsman uh <laughs> you can't front you, i mean regardless of his personality uh, which probably waxed and waned based on the situation i'm sure he always wasn't surly but but you you have to give the man his due he's neil freaking adams right um, for better or worse, changed comics forever in his in his wake. Before Adams, Kirby was the mainstay, and and comics were were um, surreal and and explorative and exaggerated. And after Adams came along, everybody took at took a look at that that realism inherent in his work and said, "Holy shit!" I mean, how many copycat artists? came up in the Neil Adams style. And I think the most important was Bill Sienkiewicz, right? But Bill, to his credit, took that inspiration and made it his own. But most guys, I mean, Adams just lit that fuse that exploded into a a, a trend of realism in comics. I, Dap and I were talking, for better or worse, you know, you still have to give the man his propers. He influenced an entire artistic medium. Absolutely. Yeah, um, I, I am of the mind that it would have been better had Jack stayed at the forefront of it, but whatever, you know, mm-hmm. um, it, to each his own. It, it, it's just, uh, you know, salt to taste, right? But, yeah, like in, in, in sports, there's often sportsmen when they have debates about uh, the all-time greats. A lot of times, as you can imagine, there's some sub- subjectivity to it, and it, it often comes down to era, right? Like when, what era, and people say, oh, you can't compare eras, and so... Generally, I think when pe- people find uh, they they find a taunt by saying, "Well, was the was the player in question the definitive player of their era?" Right, and and if you can say that, then you can at least agree they're an all time great. Maybe you don't agree they're the greatest, but uh, but I make that point because to me, like that's where Neil sits. You know, I, I I think between the three of us, we've all said before, like Neil isn't our guy. Like like he's not the guy that matters the most to us as an artist, but 
like you said, Vince, after Kirby, as far as Super Comics, like Neil is the he is the definitive name of his era. Yeah. Like like he was number one definitively as in 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 that period of comics. Uh, so yeah, you can't take that away from him, right? And, and he, would, just... he would let you know that too, which which oh, is well, that's okay. I mean, no, I, I, I mean, which is kind of admirable. Like, it's I not just... bragging if it's true, right? It's no, it's but Steranko does the same thing, right? Yeah, yeah. And, 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 I, and I, if I, I were... Neil has way more bona fides than Steranko. I was if I'm yeah. if I'm trapped in an elevator with 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 one of them, I'd rather it be Neil 100. percent The um, it's wait, you don't like magic, Neil. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, eventually, I don't know. That turtleneck might be a little hot after a while. The the, the thing is... <laughs> it's a robot underneath. That's it, why he it, wears those turtlenecks. He's a cyborg. It's like Raj 2000. The, um, Neil, yes, I mean, when I look at Neil's art, it's it's amazing. And, and, and yes, and I've made the jokes over the years where, you know, he's he's got to go and he's got to edit things that were drawn 20, 30, 40 years ago. He, he goes in and now he... He tweaks it so the heads, the faces that, you know, from the Batman issues or the Superman issues that I read growing up. <laughs> now, if I read a collection, things are obviously a little different. And, and, and that's right. And if he wants to, you know, it's his art. If he wants to adjust it, that's fine. I'd rather, you know, leave that. I'm more of the leave it warts and all, leave it the way it is. But uh, it, it isn't just the marks on the page. It's 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 the mark he left on the industry period i mean the 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 whole creator rights thing it's it there's so much we as comic book fans just just people who enjoy the medium or people who enjoy the marks on the page that's that's one thing we can be thankful for for all the enjoyment we've gotten over the years from neil's work but the people who actually also create those marks can thank him and 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 owe a lot more to him than than we i mean we we're outsiders looking in, whereas, I mean, he did things that benefit artists that came after him uh, to this day. So, I mean, he he just, he went he went beyond, just, I mean, we can we can love Kirby, we can love Gil Kane, we can love John Bushy, I mean, we have our artists that, you know, we're just drawn to and that, like, you know, we defend and we're just, they can do no wrong. And Neil can be that, Neil could be that guy, but he also went above and beyond than just churning out pages for a publisher and that's that that just that that puts him up a little higher than so many others but it's it's just it i i'm thankful for him in so many more in in so many ways other than just what he's done for comic on the comic book page yeah and the other thing too is is i know and we even joked about it here during this little 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 of you know how he he was hella salesy and hella commercial and always hustling and 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 certainly he was that and and when we started going to cons together in the early say nycc days he was an outlier right like he even he he generally didn't set up an artist alley he he would get a commercial booth up and where the dealers and the and the vendors were because he was there to make money he wasn't there to shake hands and hear platitudes he he wanted to sell you things and like and I and I I think much like with the creator rights, I I think that part of his legacy will be remembered far more fondly than we may have joked about it ten years ago. Because think about where the comic artist creator con model is now. I mean now, like like all artists are fully aware of their worth, right? Now now writers 
charge money for signatures and 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 artists sell boatloads of prints and have reps and and the prices of of prints and original art and and commissions and signed books and CDC are all much much higher and 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 while collectors may complain about that because they remember the good old days when they could get a bargain the simple fact is if you love these creators like all you're doing by paying these higher prices is putting more money in their pockets right which is ultimately what it's about and so i look back at neil and like yeah we laughed about it but the dude was on the grind and he really did set the tone for like that's how most of these people are hell are our boy Scotty, Scott, Scotty. <laughs> no, I'm saying, does he not like yeah. Scotty has a, a, a wildly successful yeah. company? You know, for, you know his stupid fresh mess. Where they're, they're they're churning out, you know, product. You know, every day they're they're mailing out product, right? And it's like the point is, no one's forcing anybody to pay these people for this stuff, right? They're doing it because they love and they want to support them. It's really, frankly, no different than people that support our Patreon, right? There, people do it for lots of different reasons, but ultimately, they're doing it because they 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 appreciate what we do. Yeah. So, like, I view it like you know, uh, yes, Neil was definitely a salesman, definitely a, a bit of a huckster, but but ultimately, that was probably the right thing because he always, I think, made it okay and showed other creators that it was totally fine to put real value on your time and your work and your effort. That there was nothing to be ashamed of. You didn't owe fans work or art or a lot of your personal time just because like like if you you were it was perfectly fine to monetize that and uh and you know again that's not like i'm not wired that way like i could never live that life that's why i'd be a terrible salesperson but i have mad appreciation for it i do think that uh like with many things with 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 the comic center neil was just well ahead of his time i i totally agree with that and um it's it's one of the things I was thinking about when when I was trying to um, encapsulate my favorite Neil Adams creations. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm, I'm thinking, well, the, the guy's career has has endured for so long, and he's been so high profile in 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 many years, very high profile. That I mean, he went from from artist to publisher. You know, to 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 uh, huckster, and then he became like a role model, like Jason said. But the uh, one of the testaments to Neil Adams is that there are many different, like Moon Knight, there are many different facets of this same character, right? So for most people, for a lot of people, I don't want to generalize and say most. For a lot of people, the the bronze Batman. Uh, late 60s, early 70s Batman, that's their Neil Adams. Like, he, to a lot of people, that Neil has done the definitive Batman. I have zero use for his Batman. I, I, I embraced Odyssey. I gave it a big old bear hug just because it was so weird and so off kilter. And the art was, I mean, for a man late in his career, the art, I think, was pretty damn good, right? But, uh, like I said, I... It, and it's strange because the very first thing I can remember seeing by Neil Adams to the point where I, I sought his name. Like when, when you're young and you see an image, you're not like, I don't know who made that. And you don't consider finding out who made it. You're just looking at the image and you're like, wow, this is really cool. You, you don't realize that there's a, there's a human being behind it. But the DC Collector's Edition, the DC books that were cast in the Marvel Treasury Edition format – it's it's the Batman with the hand out, and he's running, and he, everybody has seen this image, 
right? Mm-hmm. It's it's a famous image. That is the first Neil Adams I've ever seen. And I can remember as a kid looking at it thinking, that is the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. I can't say why, because it's not like that Fantastic Four comic that lit a fire under me, but it's different. Like, what about it is different? And and it it was the realism of it. And and just the, the dynamic nature of the pose, like, that was crazy and big in that format. So while Batman was the first thing I've ever seen of Neil's, it's by no means my favorite. I know what my favorite Neil Adams piece is. And it's Monsters Unleashed, number three, the cover. You guys have seen it, the Man-Thing cover, where yeah. Man-Thing's coming out of the swamp and he's got the guy's head in the palm of his hand and he's... The, the 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 guns going off and the woman is leaning against the car and her shirt's open ample cleavage that image is by far hands down my all-time favorite neil adams image i mean the man has produced a hell of a lot of images and it's it's interesting to me it's partly odd also but it, it's interesting to me that of all the characters that i think of when it comes to Neil and 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 the, who his style works with and and the kind of characters that 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 he's just seems to have been born to draw, Man Thing is not on that list anywhere. When it comes to what I want to see Neil draw, I would never think of some walking, moist hunk of vegetation. Oh, he did a great job. I, I know, I'm sure he did, and yeah. and he did. He obviously did, but it, it's it's just it's weird. I it, it's because when I think of Neil. Yeah, man, thing is not on my list. Yeah, well, number two is more along the lines of what he's famous for. My my second favorite Neil Adams image is the cover to Deadly Hands of Kung Fu, number one, from April 1974. Uh, okay. I love that cover. That is just, it's perfection. It's, I bought it off the newsstand. I, I, I stared at it all the way home. I, 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 I probably looked at it for a week after school, you know, it, after I had it in my hands, it is it is one of those images that it's just like, my God, this is I can feel the 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 power behind this this character's blows. It's just it was insane. But um, and, and so Neil's been all over the place. DC. Um, my favorite Neil Adams is is continuity. I I love everything continuity ever put out. Because it all looks like it was done by him. Well, well, that's the thing, right? <laughs> Dap and I were joking. We we said that you know, in order to get in the the door of the continuity offices, you had to draw like Neil. And, and what's when, crazy is, I, I went through some of some of the older continuity issues over the weekend, and I mean, I see some artists like I made a list. I, I see Bart Sears. I see Trevor Von Eden. I mean, yep. these are artists who I would recognize. Any day of the week, dude. Tom Grindberg. Look, yes, yeah, and they don't look anything like what you would see. Like it doesn't look like anything like Bart Sears' Justice no. International work. It doesn't look anything like Black Lightning or or Green Arrow from Trevor Von Eden. It and I don't know whether that's you know Ruby Nebris doing the inks. I don't oh, know if that's just stop. they ape their style to do that. I don't know if. Yeah. I, it, I mean, obviously they did, but it's just it's so weird to see. Like you could have you could have given me a list of eight artists and said. Which one of these drew this page? And I, I, I would have thought it was a trick question because nine times out of ten, except for the Grinberg issues, if I knew Tom Grinberg drew it, I would have said Neil drew all these. 
I so here's the list. I was going through. I have um, the majority of the continuity output um, library bound, so okay. it was easy just to pull them off the shelves. I, I, I you have Trevor Von Eden. Uh, I say Grindberg, but whatever. Tom Grindberg, okay. Frank Springer, Sal Valudo, <laughs> Richard Bennett, Dan Barry, Ernesto Infante, Malcolm Davis, Dwayne Turner, Aaron Weisenfeld. But the one that really got me, Michael Golden. Yes. Like, like you would never think that someone would ever squash Michael Golden's signature visual voice, right? But have you seen issues of Toy Boy? Like, it, it looks like Michael Golden's in there somewhere. Like, you could tell it's Michael Golden in, in, in right. a lot of panels, but then there's some close-ups, like, of, of a character expressing whatever, and it looks like Neil drew the faces. So... I, the one exception to the continuity rule where everyone had to draw like Neil was obviously Mark Beecham, right? Yeah. Sa- Sam Marie. Sam Marie was just, yeah. That, that didn't look like that. anything. No. Uh, but looked but like for, the penthouse comics. Yeah. But, yeah it didn't look like. but for the, for the majority of artists under his employ, you had to draw like him. Yep. And so every book out of continuity looked like for you know, lesser or greater, it looked like a Neil Adams book, and that's not a bad thing. I, but, um, there's one issue of Armor, um, I think it's number four, where um, it's Adams on pencils and Rudy Nebras on inks. Uh-huh. And I swear it is the absolute best Neil has ever looked. I'm not, I'm not a cover image, but interior sequential art. That issue, it is so strange. It's it's when they retitled the book Armor and Silver Streak, and it was like, okay, why are they doing this? But whatever. Um, and and there's there are creatures in this book that are just superbly designed, and the Rudy Rudy takes away some of Neil's stiffness. Like Adams was a great draftsman, but he, I think his line work could be a little stiff at time. I mean, because it's totally accurate. Like, like uh, how we said um, Adams was the anti-Kirby. Kirby's anatomy was very fluid. Let's just put it at that, right? Jack would move muscles around based on what he wanted the page to look like or the figure to look like. Well, Adams was a stickler. Like, his, his anatomy was perfect. Yeah. It, it, no matter how awkward it would look from from the reader's angle, from that perspective, it doesn't matter if that whatever foreshortening or foreshadow, whatever you wanted to, whatever was applied, whatever realistically would be in that frame or in that panel, however awkward it would look, at least it was realistic. Right, it's extremely realistic. Yeah, and I think Rudy uh, Rudy's work is very organic and and um, much, very much. Uh, uh, a story of thick and thin. He had a, he had a grace to his line, but there, there was a. I mean, Rudy's still alive, so I don't want to say had he has, and um, it just gave it a, an earthy feel. Where I think a lot of guys went in with a very technical edge with Adams because the work is so so rigid and so so uh, realistic, right? I, I love that issue. Like that is my one. If you if I had to throw a, 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 an interior book. A book with Adams interiors on the table, and they said, "What is your absolute all-time favorite Neil Adams work?" It would have to be Armor Number Four. I just, I think that issue is brilliant. Yeah, but I, and I'm going through the book. I have a bunch of of comics autographed by Neil, and they have, 
they have certificates of authenticity as if someone would try and you know <laughs> pawn off a fake neil adams signature i don't know but, next time you know for new york we should just we should just take a walk 62 west 45th street that was that was where continuity was located we should walk and we, we'll we just, just walk by the building we'll just genuflect yeah um i mean you know they they give other publishers a lot of shit for their their uh especially image for their the weird covers that they did uh earlier in their publishing the tyvek yeah right how about the freaking <laughs> armor cover that's die cut and it's not just one um shape it's it's i forget i have it right here i think it was during death watch 2000 it it's an armor cover and the the cutting on this thing, whoever had to make the die to cut this this cover must have hated their guts. Because if there's one cut in it, there's a thousand. It looks like lattice work. And I'm probably not going to be able to find it real quick. So this doesn't make for great radio. But um, while one of you are talking later, I'll go find it. But it's a die cut cover. And it's ridiculous how intricate it is. Like you don't want to touch it because you think you're going to rip some of the uh the you know the, the the cut the spaces it's it's stupid but yeah i i i love everything about continuity i love valeria the she bat armor silver streak um uh, to um what is it toy boy toy boy yeah it's, crazy crazy man uh yeah. and megalith is what is, is the i remember exactly where i was which stationery store bought that first issue of Megalith? And 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 continuity's comics, man, they were just they were just end. I was I I thought like <laughs> I was missing I was, yeah. missing I was like, wait, this is just this is it? And then you know it would continue the next well, issue, but I was just like, wait, why are we ending here? This is so how odd. about it just Valeria the Shebat number three featuring Spawn? I don't remember that. <laughs> but there's an image here for it. Yep. And it I it never just never happened. Did Rise of Magic doesn't ever ever complete? What? The Death Watch 2000 conclude or have a natural conclusion? Uh, well, that's a kind of a hard a question to answer because the, oh. the story was all fucked up to begin with. Uh, I don't even think they knew the, the 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 ending going in. The premise to that was what climate change. It was it was about it was it was like basically Earth causing its own destruction or, or mankind. Well, right, right. Um, Ms. Mystic. Oh, good God! Talk about. Um, great costumes. I got a glow in the dark cover here. I have the Tyvek cover, the die cut cover of Crazy Man. That it's the the profile on the 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 edge of the book is is actually his profile. So the entire book, every page is cut to Crazy Man's profile. It's ridiculous. It's just like what else can we do? I don't know. Sal Valuto must have been at continuity from, from, from the beginning of the day to the end of the night. I, I don't know how many different issues my man has over I, different titles, not just like consecutive issues of like, you know, armor or anything like that. I mean, he, he, he's been all over. Yeah, I, I actually prefer Sal, um, his continuity work, to like when he went, like Justice League so, Task Force. Yes, it, it's I not agree. It's not bad. But there was something to his his continuity work that maybe it was Neil's influence because Neil did a lot of the layouts for these yeah. guys. Like he would go in and say, "Okay, put the figure here," and he was Neil, so he had to do it. Ludo did a bunch of uh, Black Panther issues. Black Panthers, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, a ton, yeah. a ton. Yeah, As he was basically the main artist for the for, for the after, after Tex 
Yep. After Texas Arc was pretty much just Sal and Bob Allman for for most mm-hmm. of the series. Um, but what 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 what's your what cover do you think of when you think of Neil, Jason? Yeah, I mean, well, first of all, I, as we've talked about, I, I I've never read a continuity comic, so I, I don't like that's so I think I just don't have any perspective there. Um, you I might mean, be better for it. Yeah, <laughs> really. I I've read them all, and I can't really tell you what they're about. <laughs> when I think of Neil, like. When I when his name like the like the an ink blot type of a test, I I think of Superman Muhammad Ali cover, yeah. and I think of the what is it issue? I, I don't remember the issue number. Was it like issue seventy six of the Green Lantern Green Arrow, which is also like the the omnibus cover? You know the the one the all green cover. Like like mm-hmm. I think of those two because they're probably two of the more iconic works just for history. And 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 uh, and I don't know what number it was, but there's that one cover he did of uh but i've seen it a million times of uh of of rayshaw ghoul standing over batman yeah um, the one that's underlit yeah yeah i don't know the number off like, but yeah. but uh but but like so those those covers come to mind but like for me in terms of 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 the the work i most associated with him like back in the day i mean probably no surprise given that I was a Marvel kid. It was the Kree scroll war issues that he did. I mean, just because mm-hmm. like I knew who new Adams was because I was in a comics, but I wasn't a DC guy. And then, you know, but the Kree scroll war, I mean, it was, you know, he, again, he didn't, he didn't do a lot of Avengers issues, but, but uh, you know, that's certainly still to this day considered one of the, 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 the better arcs of the, uh, you know, of the hundreds and hundreds of issues we've gotten. So, so th- those are a few things, you know, it's funny. Like he, he drew a bunch of, uh, of X-Men issues, but I don't think they're very good, honestly. I, I think that's like not such great Neil Adams work. Um, written by Roy the Boy. Uh, but, uh, uh, yeah, the, so I guess that's stuff. And, and I know that we, we we read a lot of the Green Lantern, Green Arrow stuff on the show, and and uh, and I've, I've read his, his, I don't know if all of it, but I've read a bunch of his, his The Dead Man stuff. So, like, I've over the years, I've, I've definitely sought out Neil's stuff where I can, because I do think he's a great artist, and I do appreciate his place. But, uh, but, but, much like some of the other OGs, he, he, like he, he's, I'm not nostalgic for Neil, you know, like my appreciation for Neil is more historic. Right. Sure. Like, cause that, cause he, cause I didn't like, he wasn't one of the guys for me growing up. It just wasn't like, it was more like I knew of him than I, than I was into him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got the number of that issue. It's death wash 2000 armor number two. And the, the, the sh- amount of shapes on this, even in the the you know how there's a a dot pattern in the the logo of armor, every one of the dots is cut out. Like this is just stupid. It's <laughs> they <laughs> they must have ruined tons of these covers because as they come through the press, it had to. They, I I would imagine there was a lot of waste, but so so good, and I think mm-hmm. that's a. That's a good testament to the the man's style because Neil was extremely detailed and drew a yeah, and drew a hell of a gonna, pretty woman. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. No, I was going to say I, I had a as you guys know I, I I had a like a random experience with Neil during the pandemic. He was doing these because they couldn't do cons. He and his family were were doing these live streams on Facebook all the time, and I just so happened to be like to. You got the alert like, oh, Neil Adams is live. So I clicked on it and and it was just him in his studio with his family and they were selling like pre-existing sketches online, you know, and then 
And then he was talking about how he had this deal where you could, uh, you know, you could order live, you could order him to do a commission. And, and they came with like a bunch of swag. And so on a whim, as you guys, I mean, you guys know the story, but, I, but on a whim, I, I, I said, what the hell? So it was like a pretty reasonable price, too. And, and uh, yeah, and I got a domino from him and, and it was cool. And like he, he, he did it really quickly. And then I got this box and, and the box was full of, in fact, I, I gave most of it away in the last two rounds of care packages that we've done for the patrons. Um, but like it was the the box came in addition to the commission. It had just a bunch of different trades and uh, hardcovers of his signed, and a bunch of um, like variant covers that he's done of comics that he's signed, and um, uh, candy. I guess that's his gimmick. Like he he puts candy in all the like. It was just a really thoughtful. It was a great care package, you know, and and yeah. definitely was above and beyond um, just in terms of like the value and the entertainment factor and. Um, you know, and, and I remember because it was live streaming. So when I placed the order for Domino, he was like, "Oh, Domino! I don't, I, I don't know that I've ever drawn her before." So it was just like, "Oh, that's cool!" You know, like, like it was neat. You know, like again, like it just was. It was entertaining. It was just. It right. was more than just a, 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 hey, will you draw me this? Okay, sure. Like it, you know, it, it made you feel like it was, it was, it was an experience, and I, I appreciated that very much. And and obviously, at the time, how could I have known that he was going to pass away a year later? But but I'm very very grateful that I got a small piece of of his art uh you know that's personal uh before before yeah. i lost the chance sure. to that's beautiful yeah which gets which gets me to the question i have for you chaps because hmm. we're heading to uh, we're only six weeks away from heroes con by the way absolutely giddy um but we have over the years talked about different artists that we uh regret never having the chance to thank or uh, or meet or both uh, and and certainly we because we've had the good fortune of going to a lot of cons had the opportunity to uh, shake hands and and say I appreciate you to a bunch of creators so what I wanted to just spend a minute or two talking about in the spirit of 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 Neil because we did all get a chance to 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 give Neil his proper's uh, who who's left out there I mean hopefully we've got a lot more cons that we're going to go to together. Uh, who's left out there that you really want to like, if they're there, you want to make sure we prod each other and like, Hey boo, remember like you may never get another chance here. Right, so uh, right. make sure you give your propers. Cause you know, cause, cause, and I, like I ask you this question and of course I thought of it myself and I do for me, like I bifurcate it because there are what I think to be obvious living creators that that i i and probably almost everyone listening to this podcast would love the opportunity to thank but i don't know that i think there's a real chance of it ever happening because they just don't ever either go to cons period or they don't go to cons that we attend and then there are the artists and creators that i i think do go to cons at least often enough that we stand a decent chance of getting the opportunity so um you know certainly you don't you don't have to follow the same rules but uh you guys have any any anybody that comes to mind well sure sure yeah um but following your rules my mm-hmm. number one would probably never be seen at a convention so um i'm just going to eliminate him but i will tell you who it is uh sal basima oh it, does sal not do that's, shows that's on my list too yeah he's on yeah, my list yeah Wait, well does he not do shows i've never seen him at it uh, outside of of scranton pa a long time ago I've never, se- I've never I, seen. I've never seen Salad. I, you, I mean, I, I, I didn't think he was like I didn't think he avoided shows. That's interesting. Yeah, but Sal would have been my number one if 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 he attended shows. But I mean, you gotta give it up for Steranko. I know he's a, in terms of output, he's a blip. But Jim's getting old, 
and yeah, I, I don't think they're they're. I, I don't want to say that, but Jim is 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 getting up there in age. So I mean, if you want to thank one of the old guard, uh, I would make a beeline for Jim's table, like too sweet. Um, I I thanked Steranko. I, I that's so I'm surprised. Like I can't remember if I was with. I I, I assumed I was with. I, I, it was in New York. I remember. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, he probably wouldn't remember, and I'm sure I've thanked him in well, the past he too. Need to remember. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, uh, so I guess my number one would be uh, Walt Simonson. So wait, do you did you you? Oh, you, you didn't, didn't say you didn't chat you him didn't up thank at, him uh, at Weezy? Super Show when Mario got the photo at. Uh, when we were all there. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I got, yeah. I got the, I got the trading card from that. So, so it, this has to be limited to ones we never told. No, it that are have still to be. But I was no, just saying, no, 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 like, no, no. Where, where you I got Starlin on my list, and and Jason and I met him. Said thank you when uh, we saw him our first time in Baltimore. Yeah, I think Jim is another. I got, one. A, yeah. I got, a, I got a uh, Thanos mm-hmm. from him. Well, my biggest regret, and and unfortunately, he has passed as well. I I would have loved to have just given Richard Corbin a big old bear hug. Yeah, and you know, thank you for making my. Yeah, the ones that are gone are, are kind of like we and we've you know we talked obviously like I like Kirby. Oh, and, or I, I got it. Kirby and 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 uh, yeah, know, I never I, got a chance to meet Buscema, but but John, of course, not Sal. But. I got one. Mm-hmm. Mike Plug. Okay. Oh. As someone who you think you'll have a chance to? Yeah. Why not? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, the, the 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 two that I don't think i'll ever have a chance to and again i'm sure like i'm not alone in 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 liking this opportunity are alan moore and uh and yep, grant I'm on this. Uh, like and grant is more likely than alan because grant does occasionally do cons and you know in the states uh but like it's been a long time and i you know I, i'm not holding my breath i would love it but alan i think is just a non like unless we happen to find ourselves in yeah. britain and he's doing some like, and randomly he's doing a like a panel at a bookstore or something like unrelated to comics. I just don't think that's likely to happen, and and I would adore the opportunity. And he probably wouldn't give two shits, right? Because he doesn't really seem right, to right. take much pride in his. But but again, you know, this is I, when we were talking about Neil Adams passing and, and thanking creators on the Slack. Some people were like, "Yeah, I've always felt awkward about that." And 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 look, I mean, to each his own. Uh, I'm. I'm not going to tell someone else how to feel, but I will say I think worrying that it's awkward to the creator is 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 silly because especially these OGs they're they're at these shows for the appreciation. Like there's nothing worse, frankly, than to be one of these OGs sitting at an artist alley like with nobody coming up to talk to you because you don't have a hot book out. Like that's that's depressing. Right, like right. having people coming up and saying I've loved comics for 40 years and you're a huge part of it. Like I would I would think. If if they were the kind of person that didn't appreciate that on some level, they wouldn't do shows, right? Like, right. like they they wouldn't be their thing. So I don't. I, so I do. I definitely think it's 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 absolutely fair play to uh, to 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 use convention shows their appearances for to do that. But right. uh, but yeah. So so more and Morrison would be like two that I would love to, but don't think are likely. Um, I, and then in terms of one ones that I definitely would like to, um, that I think you know, are likely, and, and again, I, I treated it where I haven't had the chance yet. So like, so I've, yeah, I've, I've had the chance to, to like meet Alan Davis and, and, and Simonson and, you know, Claremont and like, but like, I would love 
and maybe this one should be not likely too, but I would, I mean, I would just adore the chance to, to bank John Byrne. And I know he's crazy with the robot. Like I know he's, <laughs> he's and he is. And like, I don't want to sit there and have dinner with him, but like, I, I, but I mean, I, I, like when Wintomio was doing the top 10, you know, we were doing our favorite, like sometimes I think I forget how much John Byrne means to, to me. And then so mm-hmm. many of us, because yeah. like for as much like he, for, I, I would say he was the guy after Neil, like he he was the guy. Like like he was like he was especially the top if guy. you were a Marvel fan. That's yeah. what I mean. For yeah, he was. Yeah. I mean yeah, and maybe Perez and him were content. Like, but for me, he mm-hmm. was the guy. Like like there was no artist bigger than John Byrne in the formative years of my fandom. And uh, I, and you know he's still alive and well. And and uh, I'd love to chance to to thank him if if it ever arises nice. for sure. I got another one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pat Mills. Yeah, which we could definitely do make happen yeah. because yeah. Uh, Tony yeah, Esmond said that he, he could even yeah. have we even be, could have him on the show. Boss, I would I would squeeze the shit out of that man mm-hmm. just for everything that he's done. Oh, good I, God. where do you start? I mean, how do you do the Pat Mills mm-hmm. laundry list? Right. I mean, Roy Thomas for me because I, I mean, oh, we've talked, we've it, talked yeah. to him, but yeah, I haven't talked met to him in person. We'll be able yeah. to see him in, at Heroes yep. for one day. Um, if it gets on my list, I've got well, Jason. Jason will faint and we'll just be able to he'll, he'll block him in one way and then Vince and I can go in for the kill um, I've got uh, I started a list and I mean and yeah and I did also I I started with the Heroes Con guest list because mm. this way I know who yeah. I want to oh look see. at you but um, but I mean as far as things that have probably never happened yeah Alan Moore's on my list Barry Windsor Smith is on my list um, I know that uh, there's, and, and even even some of the younger guys who I probably who I would love to thank uh, if I ever see them at a con. Um, but and and I know I've said thank you, and I've 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 spoken briefly to him and his wife, and this year maybe I'll actually finally get a piece from um, Joe Staten, but I, I definitely want to spend a couple minutes with him. Oh, yeah, we've been in, uh, in his presence for a, all the time. All the every time. con, whether it's Heroes yeah. or New York, he's always there. Yeah, and and he's he's he, I just I mean he is he's after Gil. He's pretty much my Green Lantern artist, and and it's it, and only because Neil only did a handful of issues, and and even right. though. When I think of Neil, the cover to number eighty-five with my ward Speedy is a junkie. That's 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 what I think of when I think of Neil. And uh, but but Joe Joe was my because because Joe was drawing Green Lantern when I was buying it off the stands. Obviously, Gill's time as as the Green Lantern artist was in the sixties and was before me. So uh, Joe is my guy. And and even with E Man, I mean, I love the man's work. Um, there's uh, I I want to thank. Scott McLeod, if I ever see him, um, there's uh, and that, 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 that's another one we can express our condolences to. Um, there's uh, we mentioned Burn. I know Jason, you spoke to Alan Davis at Heroes that year, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would like to. I, I've got Warren Ellis on my list. Um, I've got Ron Friends on my list. Uh, Tom Grummet, just because. That's and a good one. I, if, yeah. if I ever have a chance, absolutely. Uh, Craig Hamilton's going to be at Heroes, so I, I, I'd like to at least say hi to him. Um, mm-hmm. Frank Miller, who of course seen from a distance. Oh, stop! 
Yeah. And and I, well, dude, because that was you and Marty that first year at at New York. I wasn't with you. So well, Frank I, wasn't I, I, in I, his right mind at that point. Uh, so. When is he? But it is. It's one of those things where yeah. If it, so if if I get the chance, um, maybe Tom King can make that happen. I don't know. But we have um, uh, John Romita Senior, without a doubt, definitely on my list. Yeah. Um, you know, then I was thinking about guys that yeah, I I did of course miss. Like of course, there's Gil, there's Don Heck. I mean, there's a bunch of dudes that I would have liked to. Uh, that I had the opportunity, but I mean, even guys like Roger Stern, I know Tim Truman will do cons every once in a while. And if, if I see him at New York this year, then right. absolutely. I met Tim. I know I saw him. We saw him at Baltimore and, and, but I didn't get a chance to really say anything to him. I did. I, I did thank Herb Trimpey because he was at the same show. Um, I'm t- during the scout days. I met him. Nice. Yeah. In New York. Really, really nice guy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's just there's this the list basically is you know who we see at cons and just just actually find the minute to it, it's like when um uh well Scott Hanna was was at Seattle he was at Emerald City so I did say hi to him but um but there was um oh shoot who that was it um I'm glad I got to before I mean because it was it was right before he unexpectedly passed but Tom Lyle who I, I we would see him at pretty much every con, and there was and and that last New York he was at, yep. I bought a couple of Starman issues from the back issue bins, and and we just chatted for a few minutes. We talked about Venom, we talked about the Robin series, and 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 we talked about Starman, and he he's he was just always happy. He was just, he was a great dude. He was he was like a an older, taller Michael Ringo, as far as I'm concerned, when it comes to comic contemporaries and and who who other comic pros appreciate and respect, but. Um, yeah, I mean, even Carl Kessel, I would love to just, you know, thank him. Uh, not that I'm worried that anything's going to happen to him anytime soon, but these are just, I'm looking around my room and I'm like, you know, just turning off names because right. whether I see them at a con, uh, if I see them at a con, great, but I don't know. I'm looking at the list of like who, based on the few cons we go to every year and just because of how local we are to them and, and basically never really stray from the East Coast, what are my chances of seeing some of these guys who may only go to Denver or down to Florida or things like that. So, um, One of the best con experiences uh, Dap and I had was when we shimmied on up to Alex Saviuk's table, remember? Yeah. And we yep. just thanked him because, I, I, you know, he yeah, he did get phased out because of the image style, right? But yep. Alex Saviuk was a part of our lives for what? A huge chunk of time. Yeah, at least ten years, right? Probably more. Yeah, Where I mean, Web of Spider Man was always yep. Alex Saviuk, and bought it, read it religiously, and it, I mean, he was always he was a, he was omnipresent. He was a mainstay, and so it was a great opportunity to just walk up to Alex, and he was like, "Oh, guys, thanks." You know, it it was nothing. You know, it's what I do. But um, right. one of the guys I'd love to thank, and it's probably not. Um, a popular opinion, but I got to give the man his due mm-hmm. for producing 240 really great issues oh, Dave Sim. of Cerebus. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. there. You know, he's like Neil Adams. You know, the the, the guy's um, presence and his the people he's influenced and in, in, in the industry it goes without saying. His visual voice is second to none. I love Dave Sim's work. But he has left a, a, a trail of dead bodies in his wake, which, you know, 
whatever. He's gone crazy, whatever you want to say. But uh, his work on paper, most of it is immaculate and wonderful. And uh, again, one of those guys that, like a lighthouse, he's, Sim guided me through comics for a lot of years. Yep. And I got to thank him for that. And, yeah, I mean, if you think about it, like like if you look at lists of all-time great comic artists, I mean, you know, the, the medium is at this point where a lot of the greats are, are gone, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, I mean, Kirby, Eisner, Adams, you know, Kurtzman, Wood, Frazetta, Ditko, Krigstein. Um, Corbin. Yeah, Corbin. Yeah. Uh, Big John. Uh, yeah. Uh, Hubert, right? Um, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, we, we got Williamson, to thank him. No, yeah. no, I'm saying I know, but like I'm saying, they're like my point is like they're they're dropping, man. Like so, the ones that are still like Dave Stevens, you know, he's like, right. pe- pe- you know, you probably unfortunately missed your chance with Perez if you didn't get to, like, by now, and you know, and uh, Jack Davis is gone, right? Gene Colan, Basil, like they're, they're like they're like there aren't many of the like yep. the all timers, at least uh, you know, putting aside like the modern greats, like that, that are still around. So yep. like, um. That's why a if you few, see Gilbert or Jaime Hernandez, buy him a damn pizza and thank him yeah, for, for everything yeah, a, they do. A, a few more for me, Steve Englehart. Love to get Hell a chance yeah. to yeah. to uh, dap him up. Um, I, one that that I'm I'm surprised by because you know you would think, given our our time doing this, we may have even at some point had him on the show. But but I've never met Bendis. I've I've never he's never, on my list too. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, and and, yeah. and 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 while I'm certainly like not in love with like stuff he's done in recent years as much like he's still a phenomenal like i still consider him one of the best writers of his era so i'd love to to, to thank him uh garth ennis i think you mentioned that for sure or maybe you didn't but but garth ennis uh warren ellis yeah. for sure yeah. and i know listen i know warren ellis is you know i know he's got some hair it's on him but i'd still like yeah. to say hey man thanks you've done a lot of great yeah. stuff um you know t- two that i kind of still hope we can get on the show at some point brubaker and phillips but i've there never met either yeah. one of them um so i'd love to meet them in person um you know Neil Gaiman for sure. Uh, again, yeah. probably more like an. I, I didn't throw him with the Alan Moore and Grant because I do think Neil is more accessible still, but it it's not a guarantee. But I, I still think there. If 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 you want to, you could probably arrange to meet Neil, even if like it's a because he does books. You know, I feel like he's out there. If you really are like, like I, I I'm still open to the chance that there's you know get some chance to at least shake his hand. But um, yeah. So the, those are some others that that come to mind for me. I mean, we've got there are. There are the guys who we can recall having thanked and spoken to and only because of the mark the event made. Like we can if I mention Rich Buckler, I know exactly what you guys are gonna think. Oh yeah, of course. So I mean it's it's but it was yeah. it was great that we got the yeah, thing. Or like Trimpy, right? Or, or And or even I mean uh, Vince and I could say, you know, Peter David. Yep. And mm-hmm. that, I, we peed next to Peter David. That, say again? Right, we exactly. Pee, we peed I mean, next to him. We've, I, I, Claremont eating a sandwich on stage, even yep. though, you know, or, or if you, even if you want to talk to him, it, it might be like a $5 fee. But it, it's it's Whatever. one of those things where okay. um, it, it's, or, 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 you know, embarrassing yourself in front of Bob Layton. There are certain oh, things that you can do. <laughs> 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 They're just, it's, oh, it's I, because and that's the other thing is even it, Michael so, Golden, so right? About, fucking fucking up my jampies. Yes, yes. I you can or or Tex sweat, but it's Jesus. Like, we I think we had Texas DNA over all of us. At, yes. I don't know. But there's I mean so 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 I say you know 
bar on anybody who's like I'm embarrassed or it's awkward. No, no, no because just do it because you'll be you'll be happy you did, but you don't know also where that conversation may go, what else may happen, who may be behind you online or next to you, also talking to him. You may end yep. up, you know, you think you're talking to Howard Shaken and oh, and by the way, here's like Dan D or something like that. You just you don't know what can come of it. And then you may end up having a great conversation with someone, or at least you can tell your friends, yeah, well also this fill in the blank, this artist, you know, also told me about, you know, how what 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 a chore it was to work with, you know, Jim Shooter, something like that. Just just any you don't right. know what happened at the spur of the moment. Just so so yeah. so seize the opportunity. Take it. Thank him. Even if you just thank him and move on, but at least you'll feel you'll you'll feel better knowing that yes, you you had the chance, you took it and it, and and you don't know just how it's going to make that artist feel like, like, like just saying before it's like, you know, it doesn't matter what the guy may have out now, or if he's not selling his books or what have you, if, if, if it's priest or Larry Hammer or anybody that you just, it, it, you could end up making some mistake. I mean, there was, there was one, I think it was a C2E2 where, um, is it Friedrich? The, 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 the ghost writer. Yeah. Mike writer. Yeah. He, he was just, he was by himself. He's just, sitting at the table but i mean he also he had a scowl on his face it was the whole thing during the whole lawsuit and it was it may have been a bit of a dark cloud but still it, it was one of those moments where it's just like you don't know at least thank him and right and just go back i mean dude, we've done it we've done it with it but dude giffen remember when we, we walked we walked up to giffen <laughs> i mean talk it, about somebody who's off-putting it's oh like, yeah i gotta go and it's just, it's just like well you know hey thanks for everything you did but so we made the effort right Thank you, Dennis Kitchen. I, oh, man, yeah. I had to talk to just for a few minutes, and it just I, it made my day. It doesn't matter. We thanked Marv Wolfman and, and, yep, and Jam, yep. Di, Jam DiMatteis over the years because they're at New York a lot. And, yeah. um, and, and like, the, you know, and, and to your point, like, like I've, I've, I've taken a moment to thank OGs that didn't really mean much to me per se, but like, I still like, man, you know, but you were, you were, you were in the early, you know, you got, you were there in the, in the beginning stages, man, getting it done. So, yeah. Love. I tend to discount my own uh, feelings and opinions. Like in the past, before both of you guys, the the thought of going up to a, a creator and thanking them, I wouldn't do it because I'd I'd be of of the mind of like, what the hell do they care that mm-hmm. that I appreciated their work? Like they're yeah. you know they're they're performing, uh, they're creating, they're performing a, a service, and they're getting paid. So why would they even care about yep. my opinion? But the 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 swing. Was when um, I talked to Joe Kubert, right? Yeah, because yeah. there was something in his voice when yeah. I when I brought back my arm to show him that I got his his signature tattooed on my arm. There was something in his voice that was just like, there may be something to this, right? He was so <laughs> aghast that I would even consider putting because the tribe doesn't do that. Right, that's what he said. We don't do yeah. that. Yeah, and but that's okay. It, you know, I, you, 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 you were an atomic bomb in my yeah. childhood, so mm-hmm. I have to do this. But yeah, go up to these people. Just even if you don't think that that your opinion matters or has any value, just go up to them anyway. Chances are, from what I've learned, chances are very good that you'll end up putting a smile on their face. And to DAP, Absolutely. that's the yeah. barometer for, I mean, look, for I, good I, things. I, um... I'm bummed that that Mark, you know, as you guys know, Mark Brooks used to be a, a mainstay at Heroes, and then the the, the you know the well the well telegraphed at this point falling out, 
so he doesn't go anymore, and that bums me out because I have his fucking art on my body. <laughs> I, have yeah. fucking, I have his domino on my on my shoulder. Like, yeah. like I'd like to, you know, I, I wouldn't, you know, I would. I think it's a little creepy to be like, hey, let me show you my tattoo. But I would go up. Come out in the bathroom, hey, show you my tattoo. No, but I would <laughs> say, hey, really that's what Jeremy Hahn had me do. Like anytime I'd see him after the the first couple of years after my tattoo, because his well, no, no, the there, I have like, is yeah. I, if 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 I got the chance to meet Mark Brooks, I would say, by the way. Right, uh, you know, I, I happen to have a dominant tattoo of a, of, of you, that you drew, and and if he yeah. was like, "Let me see it," that's different than being like, "Let me show you this tattoo." Like, I think that's where it gets a little it's like right here on my dick. Come on, I'll take it to the bathroom. The Carl Potts is going to be at Heroes, so oh, I, I nice. Try to get over and say hi to him. Um, and oh, um, one name absolutely on my list, Sergio. I I, I got to be for real, to Sergio. Before, absolutely, before anything right. happens. Yep, that's yep. a good well, one too. That's a, yeah. I don't want to look at it that way. I'm surprised. Uh, I suppose you've already uh, maybe maybe you've already done it. Uh, Eastman and Laird, Vince. Oh hell yeah! Way way way, way. which is a good segue. But before we uh, capitalize <laughs> on that segue, um, just to get back to Neil because he's the instigator for this whole discussion. Um, Neil can also boast having illustrated one of the all-time greatest stories that ever came out of Warren publications uh i don't know if you guys have ever read it but to say that this story was light years ahead of its time is is to to undercut it 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 was written by jim stenstrom art by neil and it's a story called thrill kill have either of you read this Mm -mm. it's about a mass murderer a shooter who just gets a high vantage point and starts picking off people with a high-powered rifle. And uh, unfortunately, we've come to, to, to learn, you know, the very hard way that, that that's becoming commonplace. Shooters are very commonplace these days. But not so in the 70s. And the brutality behind the visuals of this story, Neil, I mean, you felt every bullet that Neil drew. There's one panel that's burned into my brain of this beautiful woman on her knees getting shot through the midsection and another guy next to her getting plugged like this 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 killer just would take lives with abandon and and the story you know it goes through his thought processes while he's killing all these people it's very 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 disturbing and um it's just another way that neil was very much ahead of his times so uh, you know we got to raise a glass to neil adams Many things to many different people, but his uh, his shadow um, is long and deep in the comics yep. industry, and we, we got to give it up to Neil. Hundred percent. Yeah. No oh, Jason, you mm-hmm. mentioned Eastman and Laird. Mm-hmm. I I think we all read um, a series that was conceived by Eastman and Laird, executed by a bunch of people. But uh, the story is by Eastman, Laird, and Tom Waltz. It was written by Waltz and Kevin Eastman. Layouts by Eastman, illustrated by Esau and Isaac Escorza, Ben Bishop, and the wonderful Kevin Eastman, with color art by Luis Antonio Delgado. It is, of course, the recently completed Last Ronin. Mm-hmm. I have to proceed with caution. 
Okay. Because while I want to admit it, there are my sacred cows mean a lot to me. Mm-hmm. Sure. And the turtles are one of those. Mm-hmm. So I guess in short, I'll just say this story ripped my heart out. Mm, interesting. I, I I was very, very emotional reading this story. Okay. Yeah. Well, probably I, no surprise to you. I, I didn't have that emotional uh, pull from it. Um. Because it's not a secret cow, but but I certainly did feel like it was appropriately epic. Like it was, it was, it was, it was one of those things where the the hype and the billing expectations were met. Like it it lived up to the yeah. to the massive expectations of the kind of story we were going to be given. Um, which, which you know, quite often doesn't doesn't happen. So, so I, I, I definitely, even though I don't have the uh, the emotional punch that you probably did, I, I, I definitely feel it was um, important and and like a fitting end to the the journey of of the Eastman and Laird Turtles. Yeah, I'm not ashamed to admit I had to put an issue down. Mm. Yeah, the last one. I, I had to put it down. Mm-hmm. The fifth issue, Chris. Yeah, yeah. It, it, you know, I, I don't want to be—I don't want to be the the blubbering man child, but the the turtles have been important to me for a lot of years, and one of the things that uh, y- you know, the y- you catch which way the wind's blowing from the first issue. This is not in any way connected to the IDW continuity, even though Kevin Eastman is very much involved. With the IDW continuity, the last Ronin, it feels like the Dark Knight Returns of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles universe. Yeah, it's like the last issue of the Mir- it's like the last run of the Mirage stuff. Yeah, well, it, 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 it kind of feels like um, a culmination of what would happen after Volume Four, which Eastman didn't really have a hand in. It was all Peter, but it's i don't want to put i don't want to cut it that fine it just right. feels like if you took all of the the turtles on which peter and and kevin worked this feels like the end point and it's just devastating to to like i can i don't expect this story in the idw continuity so whatever happens by sophie campbell and whoever picks up the reins after her I'm not going to feel like, oh, well, they're all going to die anyway, so this doesn't mean anything. But but all of those stories that we've read out of Mirage, uh, this feels like the end point. And, and so those characters that, that have meant so much to us for so many years, to see them expire, it was really hard. Yeah, extremely hard. Yeah, uh, the, and the fourth issue, it um, the 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 flashback. There are there are issues where you get flashbacks by by Eastman and Laird, and 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 it's it's um, in the fourth issue when our hero, uh, the last Ronin, is is um, well, having some sense made of what what I know you guys were catching up, but it it, it there were there were things about the fourth issue where I was like. Um, 
I'm not I'm not sure how I feel about how we're going forward and 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 I think I I'm probably not going to be happy. Oh, yeah. as we, as we near the end of this, <laughs> I think that was like, apparent from the first uh, issue that like, and, we were, and, and then well, because but it all it, for me it all depends on the presentation. It, it's I mean, if it was one thing, if if it was if it was illustrated the same way throughout, it probably would not have had the impact it had on me. But because of there were some differences in some art styles based on what the story was, what's when the story was being told, that. The manipulation was there. It worked on me, and and because because the present day, or rather the far future, the 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 big events that happen throughout the entire series, um, the art's fine. It gets the story across. That's that's not it. it the story was more for me than than the art at 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 that stage. But um, the fifth issue, even though it's it's the big climax, you get the battle with the big bad and. Uh, it's it's a hell of a knockdown drag out, but yeah, once once you near the end of the issue, that's when I'm like, that's that's you know that's 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 BJ and the copter going away, looking back, and there's Hawkeye sig- the, the sign in the rocks there. It's just I, I'm just like, what the fuck, man? Yeah. You're killing me here. I'm reading it and I'm thinking I'm not ready. <laughs> right? Yeah, I am not ready for this. Do no stop. And and the thing that really knocked the wind out of me was that april has the last word and that just killed me i, I yeah i i you know i i i don't consider many things sacred but the turtles are, are one of those and and the fact i thought the last issue was absolutely perfect that it yeah. uh, you know the the flood is pouring into the 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 sewer hideout and they have to flee, and and Mikey's doing well. I, I don't even think it's fair to call him Mikey at this point. He's Michelangelo. Mikey's Mikey's gone. Yeah. That that character is doesn't show up in any of the five issues. The the Mikey that you knew is 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 well for for lack of a better way yeah. to say it, he's dead and buried. But when this issue starts, um, like he has a job to do, and he considers his job so crucial so essential that he's willing to commit suicide when he feels like he's failed his 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 clan right the uh clan hamato he feels like he's he's he he botched the job he didn't do what he set out to do so he's just going to take his life and you know that was hard to see but but that last issue man when it when it's just it pours out of the sewer and my michelangelo is fighting the grandson of of shredder and it just comes to that conclusion i it just came out so i don't know well you can get the gist um i I still am processing the issue it's just i thought it was devastating but for me i think it was a complete package i i really like all of the art styles in the book i like the fact that each art style delineates a certain period of time yeah right um uh, it was very welcome to see Kevin, uh, you know, and Peter doing doing what they do. Um, it stood out like a Corbin page, though, which is okay because yeah. it was a different timeline. That's fine. Um, not timeline, but it was a different time in, in the events. But um, I love Casey Marie. I really hope they do something with her. I thought the last page was a little stupid. I'll be honest. I think I think the. Uh. 
it, it was a little you don't have to do this that was that was yeah that that was the uh the the producers going back after the test screener said something about how yeah. this, how the movie ended and, and like, okay we're going to I think it was completely unnecessary I do too Be- I agree. because the legacy the legacy of the the boys continues in Casey Marie you right. don't need surrogate turtles. It's it's no. it's it's unnecessary. Mm-hmm. But I mean, for those who 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 have yet to read the series, it's a spoiler, but it, it's it's crucial to the plot and it's crucial to the mythology of the turtles because Casey Jones and April were exposed to the mutagen vis-a-vis the turtles when she was pregnant and carrying Casey Marie the mutagen did its hoodoo on the baby. So Casey Marie has, I don't want to say superpower. Well, yeah, they are superpowers. She's, she's a parahuman. She's, she's extra human. She has, she has strength and invulnerability to some extent and healing factor. Um, I thought that was very cool of them to do that, that, that she is clan Hamato because she carries in a sense the same blood as the boys right and that was a neat little bit that that um uh shredder's um grandson uh hiroto he's he's chastising michelangelo because he's like splinter was not your father those aren't your brothers and 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 michelangelo's like yes they were the 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 unifying thing that bound us all together was the mutagen we are a family. We are a clan, and you're an asshole. We know, you know. But the fact that you know, you say we weren't a family. This thing bound us together, and that I didn't, I didn't think about that. Go, you know, uh, ever that that it was the mutagen that made them a family. Because in the IDW continuity, it's tweaked a little bit. They actually are brothers, and Splinter was their father in the IDW continuity, which is cool. But but symbolically, it, it was the mutagen that that made them a family. That is amazing to me, and and that Casey Marie was was in, um, impacted by this mutagen. She 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 carries it, so now she is the successor. She's the logical next generation of the turtles. I think I thought it was brilliant. I I don't want to go. Jason says I'm good for one hyperbolic. Uh, bit every month but this this series i think is well i don't think i know it's very very important to me i love it i love all of it i'm i'm not going to nitpick any of it i don't see anything to nitpick but i think this is one of the best series to come along in a long 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 time i i I, the expectations i had going in when i heard he's been later we're going to do something together it was very high and they have they have exceeded every one of my expectations i thought it was perfect it it and and i can't really talk about it you know without getting like choked up because it, i love the the turtles i everything about the turtles i loved that stupid cartoon the action figures the comics the, you know the eastman and laird ones of course but i i mean the image stuff is okay but every iteration of the turtles i've bought i've consumed i've enjoyed to some extent some greater some lesser um, Peter Laird's Volume Four with Jim Lawson is is exquisite. This series hit me like M- Miley Cyrus on the Wrecking Ball. 
I, I really don't want to go too deep into it because, like I said, I can't budget my emotions when it comes to stuff like this. It it just devastated me. I know you guys don't feel the same way. Uh, maybe David mm-hmm. to to a, to an extent, but Jason's but, yeah. just like, yeah, it was good, you know. Okay, I get it, but but the you know, the, the, in a lot of ways, the turtles are in in the same league with with you know Peter Parker to me. They're real. These characters are real. I've 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 expired a lot of hours of my life communing with these characters in some in some way, and to have this unravel the way it has like it is really hard <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what else to say i i, I it, it was uh it, it really really knocked the shit out of me that's good right i'm always the one that says yeah push me into that spot you know where i'm i'm forced to feel and experience and 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 uh you know perceive this wonderful creation that you've made with just words and and, and lines, and it's I, this series is magnificent. Uh, I'm so glad that in this previews, IDW soliciting an, a hardcover that's ridiculously underpriced. I think the discount price for this uh, the hardcover is seventeen ninety nine. What was it? Nine bucks an issue? Uh, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, for five issues, like it's stupid cheap. Just get it. I mean, you'll love it. Uh, if you haven't read it, and, and even if you're not a fan of the Turtles, read it. And then, because I'm guessing that you'll be like, holy shit, this was really good. I want to see where all this stuff came from. And you'll go back and you'll get all the the, the, the gravy from past years. It, it, it the, the fact that they included Professor Honeycutt in it. Fugitoid mm-hmm. has a big part in the series. And then Baxter Stockman um, was responsible for all of the technology that that led to Hiroto's robot army. So at one point they have to storm, you know, the Baxter Stockman compound and it doesn't end well, uh, of course. And it's just uh, the one thing that I Okay, it it this this series was was created by the architects of the the Turtles mythology. So I will take this as gospel. But the fact that Karai took out Raphael, no way in hell, no way. And but and and, and but the thing was, Raphael is known for his hot headedness, his fiery temper. Uh, he goes a little bit too far in situations. But what was the thing that killed Raphael in this issue? Oh, um, oh crap! He doesn't go for the killing blow. Right. She she does. Yeah. He stabs her in the the back, lower back. She goes right up and underneath his chin. Like she plunges the weapon right into his brain and he's dead. Where he mortally wounded her, but he didn't kill her. She did not have those reservations. She just went for the killing stroke right off the bat. And it's like that, again, that's so poetic that this character that has been known for his aggressiveness would die because he didn't go that extra step to ensure that his enemy expired. Like, that's beautiful, right? It it just showed us what we all knew from the beginning, that Raphael has a huge heart. He's just very reluctant to let you know that he has that. Mm. This series is great. I, I don't know. 
And they just think it's great. I don't, I don't want to get it. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. Yeah. I, I, um, I went in because it's, I mean, how often are we going to get Kevin and Peter working on something together again? Right. So Didn't I'm that like, make I mean, your heart feel good? It really that, did. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. listen, I, there's no, I'm not going to not read this. It, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get it. Absolutely. And, um, and even the, the design archive issue on that, there's just, it, it was, and the fact that, yeah, it's not, if you're not reading what Sophie's doing, if you weren't reading city or if you, if, oh, if you haven't shame. read any of the IDW stuff, then, shame. you know, at least you can enjoy this. You're still getting a complete story. And as far as I'm concerned, yes, it ends when it says the end at the end of the fifth issue, three pages before the book actually ends. But the, um, it, it's, it is, it, it's, it's, I, um, I'm, I'm, I'm glad they got together to tell this story. I mean, it, it's, it's not a happy story. The, 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 no. There are a couple of ways, you know, you could go out and, and, you know, put your creation to bed, so to speak, and they could, you know, right off into the sunset and be all happy, or, um, you can kind of tell the story that maybe where they were headed all along. And it, it's, it is, it's, it's, there were, um, it was, it's an emotional tale. Yeah, I, I, it, it's, it's like Patrick Warburton says in, in B movie, it's an emotional roller coaster. It is. It really is like the, the scenes with the turtles and Mikey in the bed, just stop. I yes. I can't take those pages. I can't do it. I can't read them. Sitting but, having these conversations, like, oh, oh my god! And, and and they're so the 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 illust the the style of illustration is so clean, and they're the the heads are so smooth and young. It's like just stop. <laughs> You're killing me. Just stop it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, I mean, yeah. Uh, Take it for what you will. If you're a turtle fan and you haven't read this, buckle up, because yeah. it, it it is it is a hell of a ride, um, and it, it it goes it goes there, and it's not it's not a fun read. It's a good read, but like we always say, it's not exactly uh, fun. So, yeah, uh, just. Order the hardcover. I, I I think you'll be very very happy once you get it, and hopefully it will instigate you if you're not a fan of this material, or you know all of the stuff that's come before. Maybe you'll start digging it up, and and then you'll realize what uh, we've known for for many 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 years that Eastman and Laird are legit. They are the they they are the, the dudes. Yeah. There you go. Jason, you're quiet. No, man. But listen, I mean, of course, if we're going to go deep on a turtle's story about the end of the turtles, I, I, obviously, I'm going to be the the one that speaks to the least. Uh, that, that's 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 the that's right. You you should have you should have led the way there as you did. Uh, They're not your GI Joe. Well, I mean, listen, I would say even differently than that. I mean, I mean, uh, I've always liked the turtles, which is why I read this, but. Sure, they they don't they don't they don't have the emotional resonance with me that uh, 
that they do for you. But but I mean, to be fair, I, I, like I got to tell you, there there has never been a GI Joe cartoon toy or comic that has made me for clamp like you just were talking about this. I, I so so I just think the turtles mean more to you. Yeah, I, I, I don't think, think I have fair. an analog for this. I, I don't I don't have a uh, like a a licensed property sort of toy analog. Yes, I love I love GI Joe. Yeah, Transformers are cool, but I I don't. I, I I think the difference here because the turtles started off as an as an indie comic the the turtles have a far richer uh, emotional core of stories to draw from both in comics right. and the cartoon I mean I watched the cartoon as a kid religiously I mean again it was it was silly and obviously made for kids but it was fun and at heart and you and you, you came to love the characters I mean in 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 GI Joe and Transformers it was never like that right like like the the, the, the cartoons are like all-time favorite things for me because of how old I was when I watched them but but like as I've told you I've I've gone back and reread a ton of the original GI Joe comics and a ton of the original Transformers comics and and I rewatched chunks of both of their 80s shows during the pandemic and, and they're 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 just they are quality they're objectively they're not good I mean, like they're just, meaning that like they're not like they they are what they are, but they were just giant commercials. They they don't they don't really they have massive inconsistent non sequitur plots. They don't right like like there, there's there's not heart to them in the way that there is with turtles. Right, uh, right. and I can say that even though it doesn't mean as much to me as it does to you. I think I think if we're if we're being objective, I mean the the turtles as a as a lore is just far richer. Just much, much richer, much easier to fall in love with um, than than that's the other big, big '80s brands, you know. And and they're um, also a product of of a time where um, life, I think, was simpler and um, easier. More, uh, it was a good time in my life when when turtles sure. came out. So uh, I had the time to focus heavily on mm-hmm. on entertainment, mm-hmm. whereas you know. Something that came out like two, three years ago, I, I I appreciate it and I enjoy it, but I didn't dwell upon it like I did the turtles. And right, right. and and you said it; it's the indie hook that really got me. The fact that that the turtles are a product of two men who produced comics in in a basement room, and and took the world by storm like that speaks volumes to me. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just it's it's you know two two young guys who love comics make good. And convince the world. I mean, who doesn't know Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Is there anybody? I mean, you can say even to like 70-year-olds, 80-year-olds, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Chances are very good that they'll, you know, by way of the recent Nickelodeon stuff or going back. Like, there are, there, they will know who the Turtles are. I'm, I'm not saying they're on the same level as Superman and Batman. Everybody knows Superman, Batman, Spider-Man, right? But... The turtles have permeated the zeitgeist to an extent that should not have been from two guys making comics in their basement, right? It's, I think they're a, they're a unique entity. They're very special. And you could say, okay, Walking Dead. I still don't think Walking Dead has has seeped into the cultural groundwater like the turtles have. And it's just it's just something I love. I, I and and not to use that word. We use that word all the time. Oh, I love Neil Adams. I love Spider Man. That word means something. Love. I love the Turtles. I yeah. really do. And it, for better or worse, whatever. I'm not ashamed to admit it. I really love these characters. Mm-hmm. This was tough. 
and <laughs> it, it really was hard to read this. <laughs> so whatever. I mean, that's great. Art becomes life. All right, let's move on. Uh, yeah, I think. I mean, I'm not being. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not being facetious here. I, I, I think it's beautiful that it moved you that way. Like, like it. I. It's so rare. Yeah, that I show days. feeling. No, 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 no. Not just you. I'm saying it's rare these days because we've all been reading comics for so long to to be genuinely moved by a comic. I think. Right? I so. I can't recall the last time I I ever closed a book and put it down and walked away from it. Like I did, yeah. like I did this one. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it wasn't just issue five. It was along the way. Like, like Raphael was the start, and then, then you know, Leo and Casey. It's okay. Add another layer, you know. And then Donnie and 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 Master Splinter. Like, stop. This is too hard <laughs> to read. <laughs> okay, I give up. All right. So, um, you know, people uh, seem to like when we all read the same things and we can tag team. There's another book in which we all uh, read recently, and it's by one of our all-time favorites. Jason, why don't you tell him about it? Um, I'm trying to oh, – oh, yeah. Sorry, I had to think about what you were talking about. Uh, yeah, so you're, you're, you must be referring to the debut issue of Twig, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, – the the much uh, anticipated and smashing, I believe the first issue sold what over one hundred fifty thousand copies uh, pre order, which is insane. Uh, but yes, Twig uh, Image Comics, written by uh, our brother from uh, another mother, Mr. Scotty Young, with Kyle Stram on art and uh, colors, as always is the case with a Scotty book, Jean Francois Bellou, and uh, Nate Picos on letters. This is a fantasy, uh, epic, uh, all ages comic. Uh, Scotty, if you've if you know him personally or you've read the stuff he's written, he loves fantasy books. You know, um, my man, and things like never like never ending stories. One of his favorite films of all time. Like he he just he loves the genre, and um, while he's dabbled in these areas before, certainly. I Hate Fairyland is a fantasy comic. You know, that is a comic that, although the setting is that way, it's 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 more of an adult book, right? I mean, it's it's raucous and profane. and Whereas this is very much, uh, like, for the children. You know, this is, this is meant to be perfectly suitable for, uh, not only suitable, but, but ideal for you to be able to, as a comic lover, sit down and read with your kids. And, um... Uh, I, you know, I've known about this book, like in, and from the, from, for a long time, you know, from the genesis of the idea. So it's, it's always exciting when you have a peek behind the curtain like that. It it feels a little, at least for me, it feels a little bit more special to see it come out. Cause like, I know that this book means a lot to Scotty and Kyle too, I'm sure. But I, you know, I don't know Kyle personally, but, but I, so, so it's always exciting to know, like when you're, when you're, when your booze have something that means a lot to them, like it, I'm, I find myself rooting for it more than normal. Um, you know, I, I, I have read comics by Kyle before, so I know of his style, but I still don't know that I was prepared for what I saw visually in this book. Um, and I have to give 
uh, Jean-Francois a big piece of that credit because this is such a beautifully bright, vibrant book. I mean, it almost looks like animation panels uh, through most of it. I mean, you can almost you can almost in your mind's eye picture this as a cartoon you're watching on Cartoon Network uh, or or a you know or on a like Disney Plus streaming movie. Like it, it it's just beautiful and so alive uh, from the very first panel. So uh, so much credit to 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 Kyle um, in bringing the visuals of this alive. And I'm sure he and Scotty spent a lot of time. Scotty being a, a, a great artist in his own right, I'm, I'm sure there was a lot of collaborative back and forth in terms of design of the characters in the world. But 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 ultimately, it was Kyle's uh, you know pen that brought it to life. And man, oh man, did he kill it! Um, so the premise is who is Twig? Well, well, Twig is is a, a cute little blue furry dude, little furry creature. Um, I mean, you know, he's a human. He's humanoid. He's bipedal, but he's He's blue furry dude. Looks a little bit like a sea monkey, I think. What do you think? Like a little? Yeah, I I love the fact that his eyes are just a little too far apart. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think he's, he's, visually he's so cute and so interesting. Yeah, and then like he's got a little sidekick pet named Splat. And and Splat, which again, I give him credit for the design. Like Splat isn't particularly cute in the sense that he's like a, he's almost like. Yeah, he's like a snail with, like, kind of like half snail, half octopus. He's got, like, six tentacle-type things, but, but like Dap said, he's 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 got the face of a snail and that he doesn't have eyes. It's He's a yellow-spotted snail-like creature that uh, speaks in his... No shell, but yeah. Yeah, right, but right, uh, yeah. the name Splat, I mean, when you, when you hear that word, it conjures images of something falling from a great height and hitting right. a solid surface and that's what this character looks like yeah he, he looks like he was just looks like just be he looks like he was dropped and that that's, that's right. what he is right yeah and 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 basically twig is woken up by uh you know a bird not a i guess whatever version in this fantasy world would be a rooster and he's like oh i'm late and he he scrambles to pack his bag and to run off and it was his big day and and he's 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 late for it uh, he overslept and uh, and and he just takes off running and, and you get the, you know, which I think is a nice mechanism because it it lets us get a glimpse of the world. Right. To see. Yeah. And, and he's in each panel. He's he's running along to wherever he's going. And 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 you, you see different landscapes, different creatures, different settings. And it kind of just helps, I think, set the tone for for what what the what the world's going to be like, um, you know, and and, and he's he's. In a just a jaw dropping double page spread, you know he's racing and we know he's late for something. We don't know what. Um, uh, he he, you turn the page and you see this just massive, um, you know, mountainous uh, creature. It's it's a basically a living mountain. Um, he's got googly eyes and uh, you know what he looked like. I don't. This is going to be a deep cut for a lot of people. He looked like the monster to me from the Raggedy Ann and Andy. Uh, animated oh, Jesus. special. Do you guys remember that? It's a deep yeah, cut. I, yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, it was like a chocolate monster. I think. Uh, anyway, it was just I was like, oh snap! But but um, <laughs> but it but it's this gigantic, oh, toothy, rocky, mountainous creature. And Twig was running to him, and he's like, "And on your first place is the new placeling, no less." 
Um, and he's and and Twig says, "Sorry about that, Mount Guffin." So that's the rock creature, Mount Guffin. Please forgive me. Uh, and so it's clear that, that Twig's got uh, you know got, got a role here, and 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 you know, Guffin's kind of like lectures him, admonishes him for being late, and says, "You got to take this seriously." Uh, you know, we're depending on you, um, but you know, it is what it is. It's fine. You know, basically slaps him on the wrist, but he's not really mad. He's like, it's, you know, do, one of those like, do better. You're you're, you're better than this. Um, and says it's time for you to begin your journey. And he opens up his giant mountainous rocky mouth and outrolls this this gigantic uh, gray tongue, creating <laughs> like a a bridge to him. And and uh, and Twig embarks, and and the journey entails going into Mount Guffin. Yeah, he um, descends into the body. Yeah. And uh, and from there he takes a bit of a, um, you know, like an Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom type of a thing where he's it's almost like going down a mine shaft. He's sliding down and there's there's skeletons and he's going down tubes and uh, it looks pretty precarious honestly. It doesn't look very safe. Um, and he he and you know he's inside of this this mountain this this sentient creature and and he finally gets to a uh, uh, you know a part that looks like a like a factory there's pipes and, and, and workers with wrenches and wheelbarrows and, and, and goggles on and, uh, you know, and they're all going about their business and, uh, and they help transport him and he keeps going further and further down and, 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 uh, on his quest and he, and he finally gets to a point where he is presented with, uh, inside of a treasure chest, a gigantic red, uh, very smooth looking gem. You know, it's, it's, uh, like an, uh, uh, like a like an oval egg looking red gem, which is uh, a product of Mount Guffin's belly, and uh, Twig, you know, asks the handler, do you know what it does, and it says no, you know, but that, that but we'll find that out when you when you bring it to uh, to the pathsayer and and gives him a map and says, you know, have at it, and so it's clear the Twig's journey here is to is to go in and get these these valuable uh, stones and then bring them somewhere else, and so he exits. Uh, Really, honestly, he exits Mount Guffin's booty hole. I mean, let's be honest; it's you know, it's a little, little, little I, hole in the as in the Splat points out. Hmm? As Splat points out, yeah, that, I, I was glad they did that. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I'm, th- I'm thinking, cute. well, you went in the mouth, and I see this yeah, gaping yeah. hole behind you. Chances are real good that's his butt, and yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. it was, yeah, from the snoot to the toot, as they say, right? Yes. Um, and then he continues his journey. Uh, you know him and Splat. Splat's there. You know, just, just being a straight up OG, just just chilling with him. They cook out by the fire. He's reading the map. He's having, you know, he's talking about getting to where he's got to go. He looks a little unsure of his path, and 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 you get more scenes of 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 really wild places. There's there's like a place covered in 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 red growth with with ancient like pyramidal faces and hands. There's a part where he's he's just chilling eating a picnic lunch uh, at a at a, a purple uh, stream with these crazy jelly bean looking creatures jumping in and out of the water um there's you know there's there's a a pretty spooky part that's like nighttime where they're camping out and it's all kinds of uh turtle-esque creatures with with uh protuberances that are like bioluminescent and he's camping out on one. So just really setting this, this world up as being a wildly diverse tapestry of places. And he finally gets to the pathsayers spot, which is uh, um, an observatory of sorts. It's, it looks old with moss. It looks like it's, it's, it's seen better days, but it's clearly an observatory of some sort. And, uh, and, and twig finally opens up the door to the pathsayer to give him the gem. And, uh, 
well, something is not according to plan. I don't want to spoil it, but 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 the reveal of his journey is not at all what uh, I think he was expecting. Right. And uh, <laughs> that's really the cliffhanger for uh, for the issue. Um, yeah, I, I, listen, I thought it was absolutely lovely. I, 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 I think it did everything a first issue needs to do, which is set up the world, right? Tell us where we are. Tell us the premise. Tell us who we should care about and give us a cliffhanger. And it did all those things, right? Um, you know, I, I have no doubt knowing Scotty that he's got a grand adventure ahead for us. And what I was less sure about until seeing the issue was whether Kyle would bring the world to life in the same way I would have been sure that Scotty would have if he decided to draw the book himself. Mm. And I can confidently say now that that I think Kyle not only is up to the task, but maybe he was the better choice in the sense that just because, you know, it's it, like we I guess I, I, I feel like I would have because I'm so familiar with Scotty's style. I feel like had he drawn it, I would have been less surprised by some of the choices. Yeah. Whereas right. with with Kyle, I'm like totally surprised because, you know, the, the stuff I've read of Kyle's in the past was like grimy. There's nothing like spread. Yeah. Like grimy sci fi violent yeah. stuff. And so this is a real departure for him. And it really speaks to his his diversity and, and breath as, not, as a as a cartoonist. And yeah. so yeah, I'm all for it. It was a big, big hit for me. And, and then at the end of the issue, we get this cool little uh like uh, I suppose it was made. For, I don't know. Like I don't know the story behind it, but it's it's Twig and uh, Splat in a teeny tiny little sculpture of them uh, uh, inside of an, a walnut, which is pretty. Yeah. See, that's the thing that had me like you, motherfucker, Scotty. Where it's just like it seems like he has this innate sense to create things that people want to replicate in other mediums. Mm-hmm. Like we've how many different kinds of girt have we seen? Cos mm-hmm. cosplay, sculpture, illustration. You know, it just seems like he knows there's a component to his things that he seems to build in where it's like, you're gonna love this and want to make this in in your own language, right? One thing that, that I've learned about Scotty. Uh, having been um, relatively tight with him over the years, uh, you know, friend, never underestimate Scotty. <laughs> Just when you think you know where he's going, chances are very good you don't know Jack, right? So this is one of those things. Like, this is not I Hate Fairyland. It's not the me you love in the dark. It's not Middle West. It's... It, it's nothing you've seen from scotty so far in 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 a sense of um is it any of those things no but it speaks to how much of an effect never-ending story and labyrinth and dark crystal Mm -hmm. have had Mm -hmm. on scotty because this is very much a you know it seems like it could be in the same cosmos as any of those things especially labyrinth this feels very labyrinth to me Mm -hmm. right where where it, if it wasn't illustrated by Kalstrom, it could have been puppeted by the Henson factory. Yeah, it looks like that. But I just I thought it was great. Um, the thing that spoke the most to me was the fact that Twig. It seems to me his father was a placeling. 
Yes, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. And Twig has accepted that role, but what he really wants to do is cook. Yep. Like, I mean. he loves... And there's a really neat passage. I won't I won't spoil it, but it's like sometimes, even though you have the recipe, the outcome is very, very different than you expected. Like that's that's very insightful because it, it and you know tip my cap to Scotty because as I've learned, sometimes in getting to our destination in life, we take side roads. We don't take the road that we think we should take because. That's the road that everybody takes when doing this certain thing. So I'm just going to take the side road. And the side roads are, by and large, more vivid and memorable than the main road. Maybe I'm just pulling too much from this. But it seems like, yeah, that plan that you have for your life, don't bank on it. Because chances are real good that the things you think are going to happen in your life, they won't happen at all. But these will, and you know what? You'll be better for it. And I think that's what's going to ca- happen here. That that Twig, um, he's doing something out of out of uh, f- uh, honor to his father's, yeah. yeah, to his father's position. But I think he's probably going to be even better at the position, having that curious nature and that 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 seeker quality that he has, or, or that openness. That he has as a cook, and I, all of it's going to dovetail into it. But I think this issue was great, and um, yeah, I, I totally agree with what you said about Kyle. That um, this looks that this does not look like what I expected it to look in, in a very very pleasing way. I think that the visuals were amazing, um, both by Kyle and Jean Francois. It's great. Yeah, yeah. I and and again, I I don't think Scotty could have done better. Not not to denigrate Scotty, but I, I think these guys have have uh, embraced the 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 story to the point where they're a crucial element in in the production of these issues. Where Scotty, it would have just looked like you know a Scotty book, which is great, right? But I think there needed to be a different visual voice to this. I'm not chopping Scotty. I love Scotty. I'm just trying to say that the. The the sum of the parts is greater than the whole. I, I don't I don't think Scotty would take offense or think that you yeah. were uh, you, you were dissing of it. It's because I you close your eyes and you know exactly what to expect from Scotty. And and I think there's the fact that these the characters look like Muppets to some degree. And mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. between Kyle and 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 Jean Francois, I think that. It's there's there's a lightness to it. There's 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 nice there's there's curves. Everything looks soft, and not that Scotty can't draw creatures, but I I, I think at times Scotty's lines are a little bit more. There, there seems to be a lot of right angles in Scotty's lines, and he's and aggressive. There really aren't yeah, any here. Aggressive. I mean, even even the doorknobs or the or the plating around doorknobs. I mean, there isn't really aren't too many super straight angles in this book, and and that's mm-hmm. it. it it's fitting for this world. It's fitting for these characters. I mean, even the word balloons, it's like, it just, it's, it's, it's comfortable. And I think if, if, if Scotty were to draw it, it would, it would absolutely look different, but you would, it would be more of a Scotty book and, and that's fine, but that's, I want, I want to enjoy this world. It, it, it's great that Scotty is, is putting words in these characters mouths and, and, and that Kyle's bringing them to life. But if, if Scotty drew this, 
it would be more of a Scotty book than just the world that we're in. I think it has a very Fraggle Rocks feel to it. Yes. Parts parts of it are, yeah. Um, there was a, a size discrepancy in Fraggle Rock, too. And um, the the whole mountain thing, that's that's what makes me feel Fraggle Rock. Like you have this big, uh, it's literally a mountain, and um, you know these these creatures just entering its mouth willingly. It's crazy. It's yeah. It it would be great fodder for cartoon, video game. Like Scotty's so freaking smart. Mm-hmm. Um, the colors are just amazing on this book. I they are. The colors. They're very good. Very very good. But Scott, uh, I mean Jean Francois has been coloring, you know, Scotty's books forever. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. It's a winner. Um, it, Truly. Usually, when something sells that much, I'd be like, Meh, I give it the side eye. But mm, <laughs> I think this pretty much deserves it. It it's it's wonderful. Yeah, it really is. It'd be nice too, because now maybe our boy can stock some money away for uh, any day. Yeah, you know, to put yeah. another feather in his I mean, dude, in his cap, some food on the table, you know. <laughs> if, if 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 Scotty put a feather in his cap for every one of his successes, he looked like a damn peacock. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I know. I wonder if he's going to come to Heroes in a Gulf Stream. <laughs> well, I, I <laughs> hope he. I hope he still acknowledges us. That'd be great. I mean, after <laughs> that this, that would be nice. I don't think you have to worry about that. <sighs> All right, hey everybody, go out and get yourself some Twig Number One before they sell out. Well, you know it's gonna. There'll be a second printing. There's You'll variants be... for days. There's a coloring book variant. There's a. Uh, oh, I a, love that there's color. There's a splat variant. Yep. Good stuff. Go get some twig. Uh, in the meantime, come back next time because we'll be here waiting for you with all sorts of magic. Once again, we would like to thank our patrons for making this possible. We told you at the, the head of the episode, I'll tell you again at the end, images, audio, video, dedicated Slack channel. It's it's a family. So if you would like to experience that, just take a look around. Patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics, one one, no apostrophe. We're here for you and, and we'll welcome you, much like the turtles into the afterlife. Um, <laughs> in your, you know what? Uh, I'm not going to lie. I read something for my in your travels and um, it just didn't sit well with me. It's one of those things where. Uh, the the uh, subject. You'll see it on your list, so that's why I didn't put it on there. Mm. the The subject of said issue is is once again one of those series that I love very much. Yeah. Uh, written by the aforementioned Peter David, the majority of it. Uh, this just didn't it just didn't cut the mustard. So I'll, I'm not going to dwell upon it, other than to say sometimes you read stuff and it just doesn't connect, and you can't go home again. So. In your travels, go get yourself some twig. Read the last Ronin. That's all I. I, I don't want to be. I don't want to belabor the point. I also don't want to, you know, denigrate the creative team. Because think, just be, just because it didn't connect with me doesn't mean it's not going to connect with other people. Right. Trailblazer in his own right, Peter David. Ah. <laughs> uh, in your travels, um, there is a. Uh, I've been a fan of Leo March's work for a while. Um, 
Does these well? I mean, at least his his his, his work that was brought to American audiences mostly thanks to uh, his DC work in the Batman side of the universe. Um, but he's also he's been writing and drawing his own stories for a long time. Um, and Ablaze recently uh, reprinted, or at least printed in English, um, a, uh, a collection of stories uh, that looks like it was started like almost 20 years ago because the copyright um, is uh, 2003 to 2021. Um, it's a three-issue series called Laura and Other Stories, and it's weird. It's kind of an anthology, sort of, kind of, and, and I'm mentioning it because the hardcover has been... Um, Solicited. It might look pretty neat as a hardcover, but um, so you know, story, art, colors. It's all by March himself. Um, March draws women beautifully. He draws beautiful women really well. And um, you know, there are certain artists where uh, back in the sixties, maybe Gil Kane, or even. Um, in later years, like Mark Schultz or even Dave Stevens, to a degree, there, there, there are some some artists when they draw women, they 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 draw a certain body type and and um, the breast, for example, uh, work a certain way, or at least are posed a certain way, and and they kind of just defy gravity. March doesn't play that game. All of his women, basically, they suffer the effects of gravity they, they, they there's a lot of natural uh beauty in in the women in march's drawings and uh, i bought these issues i read this because of march's art more than anything else um even though you know i read and i enjoyed carmen i thought carmen was a lot of fun uh as as, as morbid as as the subject matter may have been but um so the first two issues of Laura is just about Laura and, and, uh, Laura's about 20 years old and, um, not, uh, really lucky in love or looking for, for love. Uh, she's been, she's been hurt. She's kind of been a little bit betrayed by one of her best friends. And it's just kind of a, kind of just, it, it's not a really gripping story. It's not something that everybody's going to really run out and read. Um, but you kind of feel for Laura. You feel for the character a bit. You um, you kind of see what she's going through, and and you, and you see a struggle, and and you you can be a little maybe, maybe there's some empathy there between her and the reader. And and uh, the third issue is is two stories. Uh, one is called um, Irene, and Irene is, is so Irene is an artist. Um, and uh, it's it's kind of a little bit of a fantasy story. Irene is actually um, a female version of uh, Guillaume, and and as the um, when um, Miyazaki shows up and his little uh, puddle jumper airplane. Uh, whisks Irene away, and then eventually Irene is revealed to be um, Guillaume, and he's, he's he's kind of talking to Irene about uh, you know why do you only draw women? Why do you only draw like Mallorca? What, what what is with like you know there, there's a whole world outside of this island, and it's just like it's one of those things where you just I, I draw what I know, and this is what I see, and uh, so it's, it, there's a lot of um, self examination 
in the first story. The second story is called Muse, um, which apparently um, there was a crowdfunded book years ago. Uh, it was it was an art book, um, basically uh, consisting of pinups and female do drawings. What else is he going to draw? So when um, when the backers received their books, there was a uh, he drew a panel. Instead of like doing a sketch or a quick little uh, signature remark type thing, um, he decided that uh, he would draw a panel of a future comic, and and that comic was Muse, and and so he scanned all the panels in, um, and and here it's presented in color, and 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 so it's it's six panels per page, and it's it's about a woman who. Um, it's about Rebecca, who, who has two two male roommates, and um, again, it's nothing. It's nothing earth shattering. There's nothing heavy about this story. But one of her roommates is an, is is an aspiring artist, and he's got a uh, he's got to draw a life model. But um, you know, one model backed out, and and so he's having trouble. And and he reaches out to a couple of ex girlfriends, and he posts on Facebook and said, yeah. Then it it's just it's again, it's nothing like really the story itself isn't necessarily something to to write home about or 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 i don't want to make it sound like it's it's some grand thing that people need to run out and buy but just the way that 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 march draws the characters again specifically women and 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 these situations and just even when they're just mundane sitting on the couch reading a book or 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 watching tv or, or listening to her roommates watching tv it's just i'm i'm absolutely just enamored with my man's work and i know he's uh ripped by i think kirby um love to get something by him. i don't think it's ever gonna happen but it is it's it's one of those things where uh i just really like seeing my man's growth as an artist from you know the early aughts to to what he's doing today and, and what he's doing today is a lot different than what he was doing uh with with Gotham city sirens or even the catwoman book and um i just I like the man's work, which is why I bought Carmen, which is why I bought this. Um, but yeah, so Lauren, other stories. Like I said, the hardcover's out. It, it would probably read a lot better collected in one issue, even though I read these back to back to back, so I wasn't I read them when they were as they were in each box. But um, again, if you like really, really well done drawings of uh, of women then I would recommend this. And, and again, it's not like they're in super sexy poses. No one's running around in body suits and, and uh, fighting crime or anything like that. But uh, as far as just drawing women going about their day, uh, whether they're sitting at the cafe or on the train going to meet their friend or something, uh, March does it extremely well. So in your travels, Laura and other stories from a blaze. Word up, and yeah, your uh, your 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 spendthrifty ass ain't ain't spending. You ain't open up your wallet for a, for Gio March piece from nope. Annabelle. That ain't happening. Nope, nope. <laughs> Annabelle is a premium priced rep. Yes, ever was one. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, in your travels, I, you know, sometimes you know, well, most of the time we come on here and, and try and tell you about books that we want you to go out and buy and enjoy because we did. But, you know, sometimes we also provide the service of 
reading stuff so you don't have to. Mm. And um, and I, I did that for y'all this week because I caught up with the Avengers. I read, 20, I read 24 issues of the Avengers this week. Issues number 32 through 55. And the reason I did that is because I'm insane and I couldn't bring myself – I wanted to read issue 55 because uh, it was uh, one of the rare opportunities I get to see one of my favorite villain teams, the Serpent Society. They were on the cover. They were the villains of the issue. And I assumed correctly, by the way, that, that they would be you know one and done, that they wouldn't be like in an arc. So I'm like, all right, bet. I, I got to read this because I never get to see my, uh, my snake booze on the page. But then I'm like, ah, oh, but – like I've read the first thirty issues of this thing, and uh, yeah, if I jump into fifty five, it's like gonna, it's going to irk me that I didn't read what came before it. So I'm um, gonna just catch up. And man, you know I've said this before. I mean, I'm in my happiest when the Avengers and the X Men are good. They're my books. You know, they're they're the books that mean the most to me. The nostalgia that I always buy them to read them. Um, I also think Jason Aaron is a phenomenal writer, but for some reason, this is like. I love tuna fish. I love peanut butter. I don't like tuna fish and peanut butter. I just, I just don't. And like, you know, I've said this before, so I'm not going to belabor. That's why I made it my inner travels. Uh, I'm going to give you 24 issues of review in, in a few minutes. But, but man, you know, as I read this chunk, there are like some really cool things like that, that those things, if they were just done a little differently, I'd be like, Oh, this is fantastic. But throughout all of these these four arcs that I read, it's like it's still the undercurrent of every arc is the same, which is that Mephisto's the big bad, which I have no problem with. And he's he's had a longstanding millennials upon millennial feud with these avatars the the 1 million bc versions of these characters and that's where and it's like you can't escape it it's in every arc no matter what the the surface level uh point of the arc is the 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 undercurrent behind the scenes machinations tie back into that idea and i just so if that idea works for you you've probably love in this run if you if you can't connect with that idea it's it's really hard to get past it and i i just uh, and the other thing too is is again I, I Ed McGuinness and Javier Garon are the main artists. I, I I think both are talented. In fact, um, you know I've spent quite a few shekels over the years on on Ed McGuinness art, uh, but I think he's of a certain style, and I don't think he and Garon are well suited to this because Garon is and and I think is of the McGuinness school, which is why he's probably the other artist on the book. But like. McGinnis, as you guys know, does these gigantic, oversized characters. That's just his style, and that's fine. Like, on a Hulk book, that makes all the sense in the world. Like, his Red Hulk was fun, right? Uh, but in this book, like, every character is built like a WWE wrestler, you know? And and it just takes me out sometimes. Um, so, yeah, like, like I said, there's some interesting things that he does in the book that I'm like, I can get with like my favorite part, frankly was, and it's, it's, this falls into the comic should be ridiculous. Uh, the Phoenix force is looking for a new host. And whereas in every other point in Marvel comics history, the Phoenix force is just 
flown through the air and jumped into a body, right? Like, and said, oh, you, like in this case, for, for whatever reason, and I have no problem with him doing a different route, Phoenix Force nests at a volcano and basically tries out a bunch of people to see if they're worthy for the Phoenix Force. And that's really just an excuse to spend five issues having all kinds of heroes and villains imbued with the Phoenix Force fighting each other in one-on-one tournament style until there's only two left and they fight for the they fight for the Phoenix. And and like that was fun. And it was fun cuz it was stupid, but like it was just fun seeing like Cat Phoenix versus Doom Phoenix and you know Shang-Chi Phoenix versus versus Namor Phoenix. And and and, and it was a full tournament, so they would win in advance until they got down to the final two. And I'll, t- I'll say who the final two are, but, but, uh, but eventually there's someone that ends up getting the Phoenix and still has it by the way, in, in, in Marvel continuity to this point from this point. So you may know who it is. If you're, you may have read something about who the Phoenix is these days, it's still that person. But, but anyway, that was cool, you know, but like even the, the, but like, eh, but each of the arcs is just, it always goes back to these, these avatars. Like there's a whole big moon Knight arc where, Khonshu and, and and Moon Knight, they do some nifty things. They go around and they 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 grab powers from people. Like they grab the Eye of Agamotto and they 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 grab the the uh, the the power of the Iron Fist and, and you know they 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 are going after the Star Brand and it's like all because Moon Knight needs to be powerful enough to try and defeat Mephisto and it's like oh that's cool. But then, like, oh, you're like, oh, wait a minute, all of the things he's stealing are the avatars. It's all this. And then, so there's flashbacks about these. And it's like, dude, I get it already. Like, you want us to think that fucking a million years ago when the Earth was informing, there was a fucking, there was a Thor, and there was a Phoenix, and there was an Iron Fist, and there was a Sorcerer uh, Supreme, and they all hung out together. Like, I get it already. Like, move on, you know? And he just won't move on. We're 55 issues in, and he isn't moving on. So, like... And and I don't want to insult him because again I think Jason Aaron is a phenomenal writer generally, but this really it's hard for me not to compare this to Hickman, particularly because Hickman did such a big run on Avengers, and this feels like Jason felt like he needed a quote unquote big idea that would be the undercurrent for his long arc, his long run, and whereas with Hickman everything fits together almost to the point where for some people to turn off because it's all so intricate. You really do have to pay a lot of attention and then it pays off at the end, but you have to take a long time for the journey. I feel like Jason was going for that here, but like his idea is nonsensical. It, so it, it like there's, so there's no gravitas towards it. It feels more like a distraction. And uh, yeah, man, I'm just, I, I really think it's time for Jason to move on to something else and for the Avengers to move on to something else. Please. That hurts my heart. It hurts my heart, dude. And by the way, this issue number fifty-five with my booze—they're in like three pages, dude. Like, mm. like it's really a story about Nighthawk. Oh, was, so it's and, a Defenders uh, book. Well, <laughs> well, the the Squadron um, Supreme. Yeah, in the current Marvel continuity, uh, Coulson has built a Squadron Supreme team because the Avengers don't answer to the U.S. anymore; they're independent. And so Coulson built a U.S. team with Squadron, and so but Nighthawk becomes an Avenger. Spoilers. Anyway, uh, this is about Nighthawk fighting the, the Serpent Society in a in a building, and like it's cool, it's a cool premise. But like, you know, I'm always on that LA hunt, so I'm like, I already already reached out to Javier Garin's rep, bef- like before I saw the issue, saying, "Hey, you know, let me know when these these uh, issue 55 pages come available." And then I read the issue, and I'm like, "No, nah, I'm good." That's it. I'm good. <laughs> That's big doings, right? Yeah, 
Well, I'm just screen cap print this up. Un- unfortunate, <laughs> but big. That's sad. Um, so in your travels, don't bother reading adventure right i feel like where this dap is the positivity for the inner trials but even barely i mean he wasn't like no <laughs> no he, no, 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 he loves he loves archer stuff yeah yeah. yeah yeah i like it um when an artist will render realistic proportions you know I mean, even if it's got like a little bit of i mean he because if, if you go on his Instagram or anything like that, I mean, he's always at the beach. He's always drawing ladies, and and it does. He doesn't. He doesn't exaggerate. He doesn't try to you know fix anything up. It's like whether if 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 you've got curves, if you're slightly overweight, if you've got a little bit of a paunch, it's like he's it's there watching all. And it and it's yeah. it is like I said, it's it's refreshing. It it is nice just to see a realistic. And because these are just you know everyday slice of life type stories there is no reason to make somebody look like you know Sophia Vergara throughout you know the entire issue yeah even though she makes an appearance one of the stories there you go okay everybody we love you so much please come back next time we will be here waiting for you in the meantime go out buy some comics free comic book days coming up real soon yes 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 get yourself to a comic book shop and while you're at it Go in for the free comics, but make sure you buy something because mm-hmm. these people have mortgages to pay. Mm-hmm. So uh, buy some comics, and chances are really good you'll find something you'll love and you'll keep buying. Yay! And if you're a patron, there's a good chance you'll get some free comic comic book day issues uh, in your care package because I always send them to people because I don't keep them. Yep. Same. I never do that. It's lame. Um, it's lame to give our patrons <laughs> wonderful stuff. I'm <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding it, it's it's like a bodily function it's not even a language alright everybody come back next time we love you so much in the meantime we might you... have a guest next week for you wait we do have a guest oh I might oh okay <laughs> I might have fucked things up but yeah we might no, yeah. no, you. Told me I was oh, like, all right. all right, now listen to next week. Oh wait, am I on it? Yeah, what is this? Yeah, you know what? Live stream. If we can get Tomio on here, I would just do cartwheels. I would. Think, I feel I like mean, he's he's on a hiatus. I feel like he's on walkabout. He he did his I, top yeah. ten, and then no, he, he blew a massive, massive load on the slack, and he's just like, all right, I'll come back yeah, when so I have something right. else. He's he's, re, he's 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 rehydrating. He's getting his electrolytes back up. That's he's all right. Mango. Yeah. He's he's a man of the world. He is. Yeah. Zaganite. You'll never, ever imagine what it is that's going to make this sound. You'll never guess it. What? It's, a, it's your wine glass. Yeah, but what's hitting the wine glass? Oh, a nail clipper. Nope. A nail clipper. What do you think? I just carry around <laughs> nail clippers? Well, you're a freak. That's what you said. I'd never guess. So I thought, Dude, well, you know what? You're really, you're really too close for comfort because I clip my nails incessantly. I cannot See? stand when my nails are long. See? At least twice a week, but whatever. Um, you're just an ass. This, that was not a nail clipper. It is a, a nope, a Moderna COVID nineteen vaccine bottle. Wow, okay. How about that? David. How about it? So we got some waiting to do. Uh, yeah, you do. Did you mix a little of that in your uh, in your wine, just a little booster? I actually had to take a test two days ago because I felt like shit. 
Mm. I, I'm Negative. like, oh yeah, yeah. My immune system is like friggin' amazing. I don't know why. I've just been blessed with a really robust immune system. I don't know how I've avoided the vid so far. I feel like the whole country's got it. Well, you're a hermit. You know, I'm not. Oh, I mean, hey, you that's lie. not true. You lie. But if I had your wife, I'd be a hermit too. And plus, my family's not hermits. Like I've been mad exposed from them. Well, maybe the maybe you just discussed the COVID nineteen. It won't even touch you. I was going to say all my family have had, have had the vid, but me. Yeah, COVID nineteen's like oh fuck no, not going in him. <laughs> I just too- sat down and debated it, and it got <laughs> bored and walked away. He's, oh. he's too damn pale. David, nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going at some chalkboard. F that. <laughs> I pulled out the Excel and I was like, all right, I'm going to map this out for you. And it's like, oh, hell no. Oh, so you scared it away. Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. Like, right, Bye. <laughs> Alabasta Jason. <laughs> we love you. Come back next time. Yeah, no, that's a very apropos adjective for me. You are Alabaster. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you're, sure. you're good China. Yeah, I'm mad white. It's okay. That's it for that one.